Hey everyone, this amazing ESO Network show is brought to you by our fine sponsor, Amazon.com. Please remember to shop Amazon for all your geeky needs, no matter what time of the year it is. All you need to do is go to ESOPodcast.com slash ESO Amazon, or click on the Amazon banner on the ESO Network webpage to go to our e-store. It's the best way to shop and the best way to support this program, and it doesn't cost you anything extra. Okay, that's enough of me babbling for now. Now on with your regular scheduled show. Hi, this is Mark. Congratulations. You have found this amazingly awesome show. Chances are you're listening to it right now on whether it's iTunes or Stitcher Radio or some other mobile app that allows you to stream this amazingly awesome show to your ear holes. And I can't stress how awesomely amazing this show really is. But did you know that you can also catch the latest episode of this show on the Tangibound Network? That's right. Go check out tangiboundnetwork.com. You can look them up and you can listen to it right there. It's even mobile friendly. What more could you ask for? Which means you can pull it up on your iPhone or your Android, even your Windows phone. Yeah, who has one of those? But still, point remains. You can do it. You can do it. Check it out. Tangiboundnetwork.com. Listen to this show, the latest episode, every time. Check it out. I'm Chris Farrell from the official GunnaGeek.com podcast, a proud member of the GunnaGeek network, just like the show you're listening to now. The opinions expressed are those of each individual. Check out all the other geeky podcasts over at GunnaGeekNetwork.com and get ready, because geekiness begins in 3, 2, 1. On this week's episode, we're talking The Last Jedi and Battlefront 2 as a Star Wars celebration takes center stage. Plus, we decide if it's now more attractive to buy a Nintendo Switch now that more games will be coming to store shelves. And Josh Brolin as Cable in Deadpool 2? We decide if his dual roles in the Marvel Universe is truly a good thing for movie fans. All this and another hit song from Plasma Z, a taste of the latest What About This podcast, and the guys from the Super BS Gamescast fill their heads with some Dragon Quest fantasies. Our show is courtesy from our friends at Always Green Synthetic Turf and Putting Greens, Rob McCallum Films, and Retro City Games. It's a truckload full of podcast guests we're delivering to you today as we once again delve into the pop culture cosmos. Welcome to the pop culture cosmos. And we're back with another episode of the Pop Culture Cosmos. My name is Gerald Glassford with Pop Culture Cosmos and Game Source. I'm here along with my good friend. He is the man, the myth, the legend behind Humanican Media. It's Josh Peterson. How are you, my friend? Good, good, man. Ready to talk some pop culture and, uh, you know, podcasting. Gotta love it. There you go. Indeed. Uh, we are the number one show on the Podcast Radio Network. We truly appreciate it. It's all because of you out there that that we are doing as well as we are. We truly appreciate it. We're here every Monday night, 10.30 p.m. Eastern, 7.30 p.m. Pacific. We've also got our top 10 rated show, the PCC Multiverse. That is on Friday nights on the Podcast Radio Network, 7 p.m. Eastern, 4 p.m. Pacific. If you cannot get a hold of us there, catch us on one of our downloadable options and rate us, like us. Hopefully, you'll give us five stars. If you do, we truly appreciate it. Uh, or feedback. We just want to know exactly what where you stand with us. And, and if you listen to our episodes, we truly appreciate it. That is available on Stitcher, 
tuneinpodcast.com, Google Play, Mixcloud, iTunes, the ESO Network, the Tangent Bound Network, and also the Gunna Geek Network as well. We truly appreciate if you listen to us on any one of those awesome networks and you get a bonus episode from the Pop Culture Cosmos family, the Humanican family, or the Game Source family as well. Uh, added on to it. Hey, a free episode, a free podcast on top of our great podcast. That's awesome deal indeed. Well, uh, recently Nintendo did another awesome Nintendo Direct, and I'll tell you what, it was actually a lot of great things that came out of it, a lot of great release dates, a lot of great information. We all know the Switch has done really amazingly well. It's, it's uh, you know, gone out of the, the gates at, at a very nice clip. Uh, they recently gave the information that in the first six weeks, five, six weeks of production, excuse me, as far as sales are concerned, They've now hit worldwide about a million and a half as far as units out there. In fact, the number of units of the game of Zelda Breath of the Wild are actually exceeds the number of consoles sold in America at both right around a million sold. So that's some great news indeed for Nintendo. And they came out with some news as far as some of the upcoming games that they're uh, coming out with, I know a lot, a lot were uh, very interested. Mario Kart 8 Deluxe is coming out here very soon on the 28th of April. That is going to be a reimagining of the Mario Kart 8 from the Wii U, along with a lot of other DLC and, and content that's added in there. Also, Ultra Street Fighter 2 is coming out May 26th. New characters. Minecraft is coming out May 11th. A couple games coming out this year, both Sonic Mania and Sonic Forces. Uh, there's also Disgaea 5, the complete edition on May 23rd, uh, and, and just some really good stuff coming on the way. Payday 2, which is a little older now, but it's still coming out this year, uh, and there's a lot of great news indeed that's coming, plus also the mention that Splatoon 2 and, and ARMS are on the way, definitely with ARMS coming out in June, June 16th, and Splatoon 2 coming out on July 21st, which is going to be a marquee title for the system indeed. With these type of announcements, obviously it's great news for any diehard Nintendo fan that already has a Switch or is heavily interested in it. And then also for those that already have Zelda, come to that end as far as playing through the Zelda and that 100, 150-hour plus game that it is. But for those who don't like Zelda or those who don't like uh, as much of what what Zelda offers as far as the game is concerned, because not everybody likes the same games and whatnot, but there are people out there who do not like Zelda who have stated that there is no reason to get a Switch. Well, there are now becoming some good reasons to get a Switch, and I definitely think it's becoming more attractive to, indeed to every uh, audience of gamers that are out there. So I want to hear your thoughts, Josh, exactly on the Nintendo Switch announcements. How does this present it to you, and does this make the Nintendo Switch more attractive to you as a consumer to buy, despite the you know the things we've said before regarding the high price point as far as the, the system itself and also the accessories added onto it? But does this make it a more attractive system for you to buy? Honestly, beyond Zelda, like this this list here, I don't really have any desire to play any of these games. I know... Uh, Maybe Mario Kart 8, but it's just, it's really just a reskinning of a game that's already out. I, I'm hoping to see some, uh, you know, maybe Sonic, maybe Sonic Mania. Uh, just because uh, you know those games are interesting. I don't know why Monopoly is a huge deal, but 
Yeah, honestly, I'm not. I'm not too into it. Like, I want to. I want a Nintendo Switch, but I want it to play Zelda, and I want it to play the the new Mario, which will hopefully come out soon. And I, I don't because I'm not really like you. You know, we've talked about this before. I'm not a huge Nintendo person. I was hoping the Switch would convert me to that, but so far I haven't seen anything that really, you know, is that stunning besides Zelda. And I know that's. That's a problem. I'm wondering, like, what their sales are going to be like after you know people are done playing Zelda, which I hear is happening. You know, maybe will they get some some exclusives that'll drive people to the console? We'll we'll have to see because a lot of these are just you know they're they're games that typical Nintendo games, but it's not really something that would if if let's just say if Zelda didn't exist and I had this list to go off of, I wouldn't be playing. I I just I wouldn't even bother buying one. The original Wii suffered from a lot of shovelware and a lot of stuff that really just was half baked that that went on there that drove the volume of of titles up, and I see a little bit of that happening here with a lot of indie titles that pretty much have already been played already, or or sometimes even some junk that they've actually added on there with with you know just to have a a little bit more fleshing out of, of selection of titles. Uh, one two switch looks absolutely horrible, and I don't even know why that that game exists. To be quite honest with you, party game or not, just just really just is there better anything better you can do with a switch than milking a cow? Uh, maybe apparently not. <laughs> you know, it just sorry, I just had to say it. But Arms looks really promising to me. Uh, Splatoon twos is if you were really into the first one, uh, let's see how it differentiates from the the original title, the sequel that's concerned, but that's obviously something of great interest to a lot of people because that was such a surprise hit. And, and you know, there's there's some decent stuff coming out there, but if you've already played Payday 2 and, and if you've already played Monopoly and if you already have played Minecraft for years on end, this is really not going to move the needle in any direction. No, I get that, but it, it helps flesh out the system with some titles that are at least of decent quality as opposed to just finishing Zelda and having nothing there except for junk like one two three switch so it, to me it's 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 hopeful for for people that are interested in Nintendo switch like you said I'm not converted as of yet you know I know I, I was always chided to not getting to getting a Wii U and I ended up uh, I was on the fence I was close but I never really had that that thing that grabbed me that I got to get it and uh, I've not, still not had that yet because I'm not a huge Zelda fan. And after talking to everybody at, at Retro City Games and our great friends there, we're kind of on the fence on, on Zelda is concerned because I, I'm on the fence my, again with with Nintendo product indeed. So I'm hopefully that they'll they'll bring out with like you said the new Mario coming up near the end of this year. Hopefully that it, it maybe it will turn the tide for people like you and I to actually inspire us to actually pay that extra amount for the system that maybe might just be a little bit overpriced indeed. But what are your thoughts out there on the Nintendo Switch? If you haven't got one already, where the latest announcements and the latest uh, release dates give you the impetus to want to buy the the system even more, or did it not move the needle in any direction for you as well? Let us know. Share us your thoughts. PopCultureCosmos at Yahoo.com or as well, PopCultureCosmos, Humanican Media, and also GameSource. On Facebook or Twitter, you can message any one of those outlets and we'll be able to uh, share your thoughts indeed on the Nintendo Switch. Well, it's another great show for you today uh, on the Pop Culture Cosmos. We're going to be sharing our thoughts on a lot of great subjects indeed. Our, our thoughts coming up later in the show on Josh Brolin as Cable and 
I don't know if everybody is, is hunky-dory with that decision, and we're going to find out exactly uh, uh, our thoughts on exactly what we think of Deadpool's mentor, friend, frenemy, whatever you want to say. Josh Brolin as Cable has been announced, and want to make sure that, that we share our thoughts on that subject as well. Plus, uh, hopefully we'll be able to share our thoughts on The Last Jedi as well. So we, it's it's definitely a great show indeed. So we truly appreciate you being here. And before we head on out to the break, I want to make sure everybody gets a listen to, again, DJ Plasma Z, who's been here the past couple of weeks, just playing some great music. And we're going to be uh, playing another great song from him today. This is Dusk Walker from Plasma Z. And this is The Pop Culture Cosmos. That was Plasma Z. Check out his work today on SoundCloud. Hey, this is Chad from Ghost Toasters, and you're listening to Pop Culture Cosmos Podcast. Hey, everyone. If you're in the Southern California area and are looking for the best way to improve your home, look no further than adding some always green synthetic grass today. 
whether it's creating that awesome backyard that's kid and pet friendly or that punting green to work on your golf game, Always Green provides installation and landscaping with only American-made products such as their famous synthetic turf with advanced drainage technology and backed by a 15-year warranty that will have your yard looking great for a very long time. Always Green also installs retaining walls, custom lighting and driveways, and the most beautiful stone walkways. So if you live in the Southern California area, what are you waiting for? Financing is also available, so call for a free estimate today. 714-614-7814. That's 714-614-7814. Or stop by their store at 16772 Wanda Circle in Huntington Beach and get your home looking great with Always Green Synthetic Turf and Putting Greens. A proud sponsor of Pop Culture Cosmos, Humanican Media, and the PCC Multiverse Channels. The guys from Humanican Media cover the latest pop culture news daily, the Morning Monitor, on their YouTube channel. Hogwarts. 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 It's Hogwarts. He's not in the house. It's all of them. You know, I bought this t-shirt from Target the other day, and... Honestly, Target has some good selections. See, Target does have some good selections, but you gotta be careful because everybody shops at Target. So it's like one of those situations where you go in and... and you see someone that has your clothes? Yeah, it, I mean, it's not as bad as, like, say, you know, you wear a t-shirt to a family reunion, and then the next year at Christmas, they all buy you that same t-shirt. But you gotta be careful because you can walk out the door and run into, like, 12 people wearing the same t-shirt. But anyways, it's true. I washed this. It is it is a large... And I washed it, and it came down to, like, a small. So when I take off this shirt, it just looks like I've been hitting the gym too much. Yeah, you know, and, you know, he's just being modest. Josh has been hitting the gym a lot. Oh. They got in a fight the other day, oh. and he hit Jim so hard in the face. Hit Jim. I, I felt bad. That's the Morning Monitor from Humanica Media on YouTube. You're listening to the Pop Culture Cosmos. And we're back with the Pop Culture Cosmos. This is Gerald Glassford from Pop Culture Cosmos and Game Source. Make sure you catch our Friday show, the PCC Multiverse, every Friday night, 7 p.m. Eastern, 4 p.m. Pacific on the Podcast Radio Network. And it's also available anytime you want as far as back episodes are concerned and the latest one when it goes up on the Pop Culture Cosmos channel on all the various outlets that are, we have out there, including Google Play, Stitcher, iTunes, Podcast.com, Mixcloud, TuneIn, the ESO Network, the Tangibound Network, and the Gunna Geek Network as well. There's a little trailer that dropped on Friday right in the middle of the 40th anniversary of Star Wars. They're celebrating at the the Star Wars celebration in Orlando. They they dropped this little trailer for The Last Jedi coming this December. It's wreaked havoc on the internet once again, as only Star Wars can do. I want to ask you your thoughts, Josh, on The Last Jedi, and do you really think it will be The Last Jedi? Well, obviously not. If Rey is turning into a Jedi or is a Jedi. Yeah, the, the trailer is very vague, just a lot of quick little action scenes. Uh, I've, one thing I do not want to happen, though, is in the trailer, they made Luke seem really, like, I, I don't want to say whiny, but broody. Kind of like a like cloud. Bitter, bitter old man, maybe, because of the past decisions that were made and the way Carlo Ren turned. Do you think that might be a little bit something to do with it? 
Yeah, but still, I mean, get over it. Like, I don't want to sit through an entire movie of him just brooding and whining about stuff. Like, it's, I if if this is truly the end of the Skywalker saga, I want, I want like closure on a good. It doesn't even have to be a good note, just on a note that is like a rise in the series. One that's maybe deserving of his stature. I mean, if it wasn't for Luke Skywalker really doing the things that he did in the series. There wouldn't be a Star Wars series really to to really for us any of us out there to really go upon. So I guess uh, if it is the last movie for Luke Skywalker, or if he's in Episode Nine and that's his finality, let him finish out on a way that that's befitting of of the respect that that he has so deserved over the course of forty years. Right. So I, I want to ask you your thoughts. Is the training of, of Rey, is that something that her turning of Jedi you really want to see? Or did you like the way that she was before that she actually trans- is starting to transform into that uh, ulterior character, per se, as far as grow that inner strength of the Jedi is concerned? Or did you like her just as the, the awesome, strong, leading lady, that rebel that she is already, uh, without the added nuance of a jedi training is i guess warranted in this case well i mean we all kind of knew that she was going to become a jedi so we kind of enjoyed the movie from that perspective but uh yeah she's gonna become a jedi regardless and it's what it does what it reminds me of is the the dynamic between luke and yoda how yoda didn't want to train luke at first um you know whether or not luke's gonna strap ray to his back we'll have to wait and see um yeah, it's I, I like Ray. She's she's a she's a cool character, and she oh, Ray really, is a great character. I want to get yeah. that out of the way. Ray is just an awesome character, even as she is, even without the Jedi added on to it. But it's clear that she's going to be the focal point of these next three films, and in doing so, they obviously need to to put in the fact that you know she has those Jedi abilities. Yeah, of course, and she um we we kind of knew, and like she she already had developed them over the course of the last movie, kind of. Um, but yeah, cause we, we don't know, like, we don't know if she's a Skywalker or what the deal is. So I just, I just want to see closure brought to the Skywalker saga, but I don't want to see the whole thing where Luke is like dancing with the dark side because it's been done and it clearly did not work very well. And I know in, uh, the last star Wars, a big complaint people had was that she developed her powers too fast. But, you know, at this point it's like, do we really want to see, I don't want a whole like block of the movie to be devoted to her training to become a Jedi. I just want like quick scenes because we've seen it before. You know, it's the whole thing like the origins with Spider-Man, you know, we don't want to watch it again. I have only some issues with the Star Wars series when it comes to where it seems like the only the Jedi's or can either control or save the actual universe where it's always in their hands. And one of the reasons why I kind of like Rogue One was the fact that you know a major part of the Star Wars universe was completed, was battled, was won by people that were not within the Jedi Consortium, and it, to me, it just it feels more complete uh, sometimes when somebody outside of those direct Jedi connections can go ahead and and feel like they're contributing their weight and then some. And uh, that's why I always liked Han Solo as, as my favorite characters, because he did does, he doesn't have those Jedi abilities and to go ahead and still be the galactic hero there that he is, 
is just a testament to the way they they created the character and the way the way he portrayed the character as well. And I like the fact that that he, outside of being a Jedi, was still able to go ahead and affect the universe in a positive way. Your thoughts, maybe on on just focusing too much on the Jedi part of it, and maybe not on Oscar Isaac's character, John Boyega, and and all the other outside characters that that still should be a more important part of the Star Wars universe at this time. Hey, Finn might be a Jedi. We don't know. They, they were very vague about that in the last movie. But I think they've done a good job with Poe Dameron. I know originally he uh, he wasn't, like, I had heard something he wasn't supposed to live through the first movie, but people, he was such a well-received character that they decided to expand on that. And I hope that, I hope they continue with him. He's, he's a great, Oscar Isaac is an excellent actor. Um, and I think that, they will continue to play those action scenes because we love those X-Men because it, in my opinion, in star Wars, the, the X-Wing and Y-Wing or the pilots are just as big, uh, just as responsible for saving the world, the universe as the Jedi are. They just, you know, they can't lift things with their minds and stuff. So I, I think they'll, they'll, they'll still play on that. And you had, they opened parts up for like Donnie Yen and rogue one. And, you know, he wasn't quite a Jedi, but he understood the, the force or whatever. So there, there'll there'll be some of that for sure. Your final thoughts on the Last Jedi, as far as uh, overall, did you think it was a good trailer? Do you think it was effective in getting its message across, or do you think there was a, li- a little bit too much hidden? Because now we're used to trailers where and teasers that are, you know, giving you little breadcrumbs along the way, and and this one has been accused of not giving enough breadcrumbs at this point in time. But I think it was fairly effective. I didn't like it as much as the Force Awakens trailer, but that's when I because I, I watched back to back recently and just checked it out. And I, I really think that the the Force Awakens trailer was more effective. But that's just my opinion. What's your thoughts on the actual uh, comparison between the Last Jedi trailer? Do you think it was an effective trailer, and do you think it was more effective than the Force Awakens when it came out? It was really vague. Uh, I don't remember too much about the Force Awakens trailer, but this one was this one was vague, and I'm sure we'll get more as it you know as the, the next trailers roll out. But uh, you know, I, I I liked it. I mean, I I don't want honestly to me the less that's in these trailers, the better because I don't want to know. I don't really want to know anything about the, these movies when I go in to see them because it kind of spoils it for me, and I don't I don't want to spe- guess or speculate what's going to be in the movie because I want to be surprised. Like I, I don't want to like create expectations because that is usually what happens when I come out of movies hating them is because I created expectations for it. So, you know, that, that's just my opinion though. I know a lot of people like to sit there and analyze relentlessly. <laughs> Some people like us, I think it was, like I said, it was a good trailer. I like the force awakens trailer a little bit more, but I think it was still effective in, in getting enough arousement from everyone there, everyone out there that, is so interested and honed in on what Star Wars universe is doing. And, you know, I think like everybody now has gotten the anticipation even higher. And as it built up to, to, you know, it's just, people are just so excited about December 15th and the movie coming out. And I, I know we are as well. So, so I'm looking forward to seeing the last Jedi. If you have any thoughts out there on the last Jedi, where we're talking a, a lot of, of good things and, and maybe some things we'd like to tweak as far as The Last Jedi trailer is concerned. Let us know your thoughts, popculturecosmos at yahoo.com, popculturecosmos on Facebook, 
or Pop Culture Cosmo on Twitter. This is Travis from Ghost Coasters, and you're listening to the Pop Culture Cosmos Podcast. Building, building on these experiences right. are actually, and I, again, shout out to experiences, right? Right. Because, <laughs> right. Like, exp- they, they inspire us. Right. They keep us right. lit, you know, like, and on fire for things. They keep us but, excited. But I will say, I don't know that I would have had the experiences that I had mm-hmm. if it had been just me and a group of four other people going and not connecting with an organization there. You know what I mean? Like, I don't, I'm not saying I wouldn't have, I just don't know that I would have. Right, it might have been different, but like, I I was able to understand what was going on at at some small level, what was going on in Guatemala, because I was able to not just be there and do the work, but have conversations with the people who work there, who are there all the time. You know what I mean? And I was able to learn from them as much as I was able to learn from any experience I had. So I think that that's, I think maybe that's also why I like when you, partner with organizations is because those people really do know Mm. right and they can educate me more than me trying to educate myself by just going to a place you know what I mean so I think there's that tension and Ryan you sort of set this out from the very beginning is there is that tension between just going because you because we are called to just go and really trying to to care like and and this is the thing that I've over the last year or two is like trying to uh, understand and love the people there as human beings not just as like yeah. deposits for whatever like Is western it? conventions I have you know what I mean? yeah like just like just I'm just depositing all my angst and all my like yeah. frustration and all my guilt on this group of people like they don't deserve that yes. they're people you know yeah. what I mean? right. Right. and that means not even just seeing the issues right. as issues or the people as issues but right. as people as people right. and when the the beautiful things happen going back to Tenderloin when we're walking down the street watching your high schoolers thrive it's because they're realizing oh, these people are people they're right. human yeah. beings yeah. and so the more that that just happens I'm right. all in for yeah. it and, I'm yeah. and I and I would I'm on board with that. Like, if you go to, and, and this would even contradict what I said earlier, like, if you just go to a place and you can see the people there as people and you grow that way, like, it's totally worth it. You're listening to the Pop Culture Cosmos. Don't touch that dial. Wait, do, do people still use dials? It's time for more sarcasm, more gloating, more pop culture BS, and ridiculous video game chat as GamerCast returns for Season 2. My name is Rob McCallum, and this year, once again, I'm joined by Mr. Glenn Stanway and my lifelong friend, Jay Bartlett. This year, the show moves to a slightly different format, favoring a more unedited adventure that lets us include more topics as we get together once a month to vent and celebrate everything going on in the gaming industry today and yesteryear. So if you like the idea of arguing with us, though we'll never be able to hear you, then you definitely want to check out GamerCast. Season 2 is really going to take it up a notch. That's GamerCast here on the PCC, the Pop Culture Cosmos, on iTunes, and on Podbean. Don't be alarmed. The quasi-shimmering light before you is a trans-dimensional gateway to other worlds, other voices, other thoughts, and other realities. Up feels like down, and down feels like the number seven on a Wednesday morning. Don't worry, that quivering blood-boiling sensation under your eyebrows is all a part of the charm. Welcome to the PCC Multiverse. Check it out 
every Friday night, 7 p.m. Eastern, 4 p.m. Pacific, on the Podcast Radio Network. And we're back on the Pop Culture Cosmos show. It's Gerald Glassford from Pop Culture Cosmos and Game Source. I'm here along with my good friend, the man, the myth, the legend, behind Humanican Media. This is Josh Peterson. And Josh, let give everyone an update on what's going on with Humanican Media this week. Yeah, you can catch the Morning Monitor, which is our daily show. Monday through Thursday, or Monday through Friday, we're, we're still, you know, working out the kinks on it. So if we miss a day, don't, uh, you know, don't abandon us. Please subscribe on YouTube. We will, we keep updating. And today, uh, this morning, I did record an episode of What About This? And there is a Super Bro Station coming out on Monday. So a lot of good stuff going on right now. We appreciate the support, as always, and uh, stay tuned. Indeed, that's correct. There's a lot of great stuff going on, so check it out on Humanican Media, on Facebook, on YouTube, and all of their social media outlets. And I'm going to be uploading some stuff over the course of the week on our Mixcloud, the Pop Culture Cosmos Mixcloud channel this week as well. Well, everybody I know was going gaga over the Last Jedi trailer, and, and everybody was having a great time at Star Wars Celebration. But there was another great trailer that was released this weekend as well from the Star Wars Celebration, and that was Star Wars Battlefront 2, which is coming out this holiday season right there from Electronic Arts and as a sequel to the very popular, but it could have been better received, game uh, that you know multiplayer format that everybody uh, that, that played it seemed to think was, was great, but it needed some more steps to go as far as making it a complete game, and I think... Star Wars Battlefront 2, after the trailer that was shown, maybe going a long way towards that as far as fixing some of those things that people need to do, uh, see done as far as that's concerned. So I ask you, Josh, your thoughts on Battlefront 2 and what do you want to see out of Battlefront 2 when it comes out this holiday to maybe get you involved as far as being a major player in the game? I want to see a better game. I'm going to go on the record here and say that I hated the first one like it, they hyped it up so much and then i got it and realized that there was no single player i'm not a huge multiplayer person and when i realized there's no single player on there like i was almost i, I played it for maybe uh, two days and then i traded in immediately just because i i don't know like if you're gonna put a star wars game out give me a, an original story like i love jedi academy jedi power battles shadow of the empire because they had original stories and they're fun to play. There's a reason for me to sit down and play them. And I saw that this one has a single player campaign and that's, that's exciting to me. And it, you know, it looks like this, the story falls into Canon, maybe post uh, return of the Jedi, if I'm correct there. Uh, yeah. And it's just, I'm, I'm excited for it. I'm, I want to know more about it before I go out and buy it. But uh, yeah, hopefully it's a, uh, it's a game that'll keep me interested. I hope so as well for me. I do have the actual game still along with the DLC. Uh, I found it somewhat rewarding uh, from a multiplayer sense. Uh, I mean, I i wasn't the best player in the world, but I did find myself competitive for, for most of the time that I have, have played the game. So it's it's been uh, somewhat of an enjoyable experience, but you're right on the single-player experience. It needs to happen. It needs to be added on. And it looks like it's being done from the perspective of the empire, at least in the, in the beginning um, part of it, as it's being narrated by a empire soldier um, as far as, 
you know, where it goes from there, who knows, but it looks like to be including a lot of favorites from the past and also the present with Kylo Ren, Darth Maul, uh, and also, <laughs> excuse me, Yoda and, and, uh, probably quite a bit more being added. And that's the great thing about Star Wars games. When you seem to get beat, when, when someone's getting tired of maybe the same old characters that they're seeing, they can always throw one out of the universe. That's a, a favorite indeed that they uh, can just basically bunk in at each point in time. So I know the last Jedi will have some uh, influence on Star Wars Battlefront two when it comes out. So that's something to look forward to. Indeed. I'm just hoping for better, uh, more, more competitive, uh, playing field, maybe a little bit as far as it's concerned. Cause there's sometimes there was some one-sided action going on. So I'm hoping that the, uh, the playmaking abilities, uh, can, can be a little bit, the, excuse me, the matchmaking abilities can be a little bit more effective. And then also I wanted to make sure that, that if you have the Star Wars license, spend the extra money it takes to get the actual voices for the actual uh, main characters involved because some of the voice acting that was done was pretty horrendous and 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 EA needs to be reevaluated because of that because it was just so, when you go and you're you're in the middle of it and you see one of the iconic figures or maybe you're even controlling one of the iconic figures in the universe and some voice actor gives a horrible impersonation of it whether it was Han Solo, Princess Leia, what ha- Luke Skywalker, what have you. Get the actual dialogue either from the actress themselves or actually from the movies that you can take it from. So it seems like it's a really easy thing to do. Spend the extra cash. You already spent a lot of cash to get the license. Spend a little more cash to make it that much more effective. What are your thoughts out there on Star Wars Battlefront 2? What needs to happen to make it a a lot better game than the first because I know there were some people out there that had some issues with the game. Is it just a single-player campaign you're looking for, or are you looking for some tweaks to make it even more special? Let us know, popculturecosmos at yahoo.com, popculturecosmos, humanican media, and game source on Facebook and Twitter. Hi, this is Josh from Ghost Toasters, and you're listening to the Pop Culture Cosmos. If you're tired of sifting through flea markets for rare and unique games, we can help. Retro City Games in Henderson, Nevada, only five minutes from the Las Vegas Strip, has all your favorite gaming staples, classics, and a wide selection of rare games with new stuff always appearing on our shelves. Come in and chat with Nicole or Doug about your love of games and watch as they help you complete your collection or find your childhood favorite. And don't forget, Retro City Games loves trade-ins. So if you have any Nintendo, Super Nintendo, Sega, Xbox, PlayStation, or even PC games, come in and visit Retro City Games today. Welcome to the new metropolis of gaming, Retro City Games. For the latest reviews and opinions on everything pop culture... Head on over to our brand new site, www.popculturecosmos.wordpress.com. The guys from the Super BS Gamescast are back for more podcast fun. Available now on all Humanica Media outlets. So exactly what I mentioned when the Switch came out, I was saying... Stop putting games out on 3DS. Put games out on Switch. Well, they're not doing that. <laughs> they have announced, I think, like three or four new RPGs for 3DS. And 
in the Switch. Dragon Quest Eleven, right? Yeah, it's coming out in July. That wasn't in the Switch, but that is coming out in Japan in July. Um, They did have a Switch section. It spent most of its time talking about ARMS, a game I don't know about you guys, but I don't care about at all. Like, I kind of wish it didn't exist. I wish whatever that team was working on would stop that and make something else. Let me stop you for a second and say that there's two types of games that I hate. (laughs) (laughs) I hate sports games, and I hate racing games. Dragon Quest... I love though. <laughs> bam, bam, bam. I'm very excited about Dragon Quest. Can you uh, get that slap yeah, over CGI? There's actually a double pack coming out. So I'm really, con- I'm actually PS4 really confused. Nintendo. I'm really confused That's about. That's not the news we're on yet. <laughs> okay, go ahead. Talk I thought about we this. were just, just mentioned it. <laughs> no, he mentioned Dragon Quest. I said it wasn't in the Nintendo. So in the Nintendo. I, I didn't watch okay, it. Okay, whatever. What you you got to realize you're the only one out of the three of us that owns a Nintendo. Oh so my we can start talking about Dragon Quest Eleven. Okay, talk. <laughs> about it now okay talk about Dragon Quest I mean I don't know now. much about okay. it besides in Japan they're releasing a dual pack to where you could buy it on PS4 and it comes with the Nintendo 3DS one. or, or vice, versa. Yeah. vice versa yeah so I'm I'm a little I'm a little concerned slash confused this reminds me a little bit of the last Fire Emblem game oh where, Fire Emblem Fates yeah where it was very confusing and there was no point to it. I, I literally stayed away from that game because it. I mean, it wasn't confusing in the sense of like they're just selling lots of copies and why yeah, do I need. To it do wasn't this? confusing in the sense of like Kingdom Hearts or something. Yeah. But that's not really confusing either. It's just dumb. Well, but, uh, <laughs> it tries to confuse you. <laughs> yeah, or they don't try to confuse you, but you I end know. up confused. You did actually mention. Well, that it's great. That, it, Kingdom Hearts does its own does its own marketing because it's like you have all of the like. Like super hardcore fanboys that are like, it's not con- it's not confusing. It's really easy if you just pay attention. Just this, this, and this about Thora. This, this, and this about Ansem. This, this, and this about Xenohort. Like that kind of thing. And then people are like it's so dumb because it's so like convoluted. It's like it's it's it is convoluted. It's not confusing. It's just dumb. Yeah. So things don't just because something is complicated in nature doesn't make it good. Like yeah. Oh my gosh, there's so much. But anyway, that's a different topic. Um, <laughs> you mean, Dragon like Quest. Every Chris Nolan movie? Yeah, so... I just know from movies. Okay, anyways, go on, go on. Uh, yeah, if this is a... We're not going to talk about movies! <laughs> We're talking about Dragon Quest <laughs> 11 now! Yeah, so I'm a, little, I'm a little concerned because I don't know why there's three versions of the game. Uh, I know why, but... No, so... Well, but, no, but I mean... No, because... I mean, Dragon Quest has, like, moonlighted on Sony systems, but it's really a Nintendo franchise, in my opinion. Like, all of, every game is on a Nintendo system. Yeah, I mean... Two games are on a, two games are on a PlayStation. Yeah, Dragon Quest I'm talking about main entries, by the way. I'm not talking about spin-offs, but, um, because Dragon Quest 1 through 6 are Nintendo games. Dragon Quest 7 and 8 have been released on Nintendo... Yeah. Re-release. Dragon Quest Nine is a Nintendo exclusive. Dragon Quest Ten is a Nintendo exclusive. So, those weren't on PlayStation. No, oh. just Dragon Quest Seven and Eight, which um, they were like the biggest. That a lot. Well, Seven wasn't, but Eight was probably the biggest one. That's why everybody remembers it. Well, it's the biggest one in the West. But Dragon Quest has been insanely famous in Japan for its entire existence, is my my understanding. But um, so. I'm concerned in the sense of why it would be great if there was some type of meta game. There's a point to playing three different graphical styles mm. because I don't think they 
like I don't think they just have like a filter where it's like, oh, we made one game and then we just like put three. Like they had to re- build the game three times, right? No, they didn't have to build. I mean, just they didn't have to build the code. They just had to do the graphics. So the game yeah, that's I, that's a process in itself. Yeah, definitely it is. It, so the reason why because well, a map on a top-down 2D yeah. space is not going to be remotely similar. Like it seems like they have to redo like, everything. Like they remastered it three times. Yeah, I don't know. I don't know about that. It depends how they move. If yeah, if they only move in blocks like the old school games, yeah, then you got to figure out ways to make that look the same when he's moving in three. Anyways, the reason why they're doing it is there's 65 million or whatever 3ds's, and Japan isn't crazy huge on PS4, but I assume they want to do a big like upgraded graphics, super cool thing. Yeah. So they made the uh, the best graphic one, which is hopefully going to be Switch, but PS4. And then you've got your 3ds with like. The nine, Dragon Quest Nine um, graphics and Dragon Quest Eight graphics from 3DS, and then you've got the lower screen on the 3DS, which is 16-bit same game. I it, it's crazy, but I mean, I just the, my my issue. I mean, I, if uh, I currently don't own a PS4, so yeah. that version is essentially out for me. Yeah, I'm not. I would love to play that version. Yeah, might be. On but Switch. I also. I remember when I played when I played Dragon <laughs> Quest Eight as a kid. Yeah. Um, I had already played one, one through three. It was before they did the remakes of four, five, and six, so I hadn't played those. But I just remember how it was such a beautiful, like amazing game. But it also felt very slow. Yeah. Um, and so playing like a big three D environment one like Dragon Quest Eleven on the PS4. Like I'm afraid of feeling like it would be really slow feeling or something, but because I've you know I played I've played every Dragon Quest and finished every Dragon Quest except for ten because it's an online game. Yeah. So you finished that one, right? Yeah, that one. <laughs> um, and not Western release, so I haven't. Touched and they it. they turned off the game it's because they finished it. <laughs> <laughs> We're done, guys. It's, <laughs> it's very easily like one of my most beloved franchises. Like I couldn't really complain about it in any way. I love how old school and like unwaveringly. Like dry it is. Like I love everything about it. So um, I'm tempted. Like, am I gonna want to play all of these versions? Are they gonna feel different? Or am I gonna be like? Is there an impetus to play all three? Yeah. Or is it just gonna be like they're all the exact same experience, and then I can comfortably choose? Because if they're not all the exact same experience, part of me is gonna feel jit, and that's yeah. that's my issue that's with this thing. Dates. And that's the thing with Fire Emblem, where it's like. They didn't release that. There's three games. There's Conquest, Birthright, and then the like third one. I can't remember the name of it. Yeah, yeah I can't remember the name of it. But DLC. there's there's nothing that happens for beating all three, and those are actually two different stories. Yeah. But there's no interactivity, and they sold separately. So it's like you feel just by the nature that there's three games, but you don't need to play all three. Yeah. It makes you feel like you're missing out on something, but there actually isn't anything worth doing. If, if there was any way to transfer your saves, that would be cool. So yeah, there is. You wanna, wait, so what are you talking about? Wait, on Drag- Dragon yes. Quest, there is? Yes, that's what I was trying to explain. Uh, okay, 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 no, continue. Now I'm interested. Okay, so yeah, they create, they're create. they creating a Square Enix like, cloud server that you okay. upload your games to on your PS4, and you download it to on your 3DS or vice versa. So it's a very strange thing. Um, real quick to go back to Fates, one of the things that frustrated me the most about that game is that they actually have a special edition that had all of the games on one cartridge. So it was very possible to do that. 
they just decided not to do that mm. for the general public. So yeah. it was a it was a really frustrating experience. So that's why I personally I did buy one of the Fates games. I sold it almost instantly. I didn't have the <laughs> you know it's a fifty hour game, and then you have to play another fifty hour game, and it wasn't. But then there's no point to play the yeah. fifty hour game. There's no like yeah. It's just, well, you want to see both those sides. That's 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 the thing. thing is it's like with Dragon Quest Eleven. Like yeah. it's cool that you can transfer your saves. Yeah. I guess it's gonna but be then weird. It's like. Why would I want to play through like a major part of the story in like TV formed yeah. or uh, or like sprite mode and then like go like skip ahead back on like super high power mode and and I think it's just for people who want to take it on the go. I think they should have done and this is not like I'm not a Sony fanboy, but to make it like more in line, they should have done PS4 and Vita. And that way, I'm a Sony fanboy. And that way, they could have just made the graphics the same and slightly deformed them on the Vita, like they do a lot. They did that for World of Final Fantasy, a bunch of other games. Because the problem when they did this one is, like you said, like I feel like which one I'm. I'm still gonna buy it regardless of what's on. I'd like to get on Switch, but. uh, and it is coming to Switch. That's what they said. They didn't get the they didn't give a release date yet. Like everything on Switch, it will probably be like, oh, you can get it ten months down the road or whenever. Like nobody cares about it and it's dead. Um, but like they put it on 3ds and 3ds is is cool. I want to see that version, but I also want to see the other version. But I don't want to. I'm not going to juggle both of these or play the game through twice to see both versions. You see, know, I like, I. With Dra- Dragon Quest would be an exception where I would consider playing through the game twice because I really I really love the franchise that much. Well, you guys should watch the trailer then because it looks the graphics are so different that it looks like it might be worth trying twice if you like if you have patience. Yeah, but, the only thing that annoys me with the 3DS version is that it looks like both styles appear at the same time. Yeah, they do. So That's you have dumb. to look at the same thing. Yeah, why can't I just like choose one? Uh, it's I don't know. I don't know whose idea it was. I get what they were doing. I get that it was like, a, oh man, let's try this thing. It's going to be really cool. Welcome to the PCC, the Pop Culture Cosmos. Your home for, you know, everything pop culture and, uh, you know, whatever we decide to throw at you. Rob McCallum Films is back in 2017 with a vengeance. This year, we're set to release Power of Grayskull, the definitive history of He-Man and the Masters of the Universe, which chronicles the ultimate 80s billion-dollar franchise, Masters of the Universe. See exclusive interviews and hear untold stories from the people responsible for creating the world of Eternia, a place full of magic and science, and learn about the craft of creating action figures and animation. Power of Grayskull drops this year and is just one of our many projects at Rob McCallum Films. Game Source is your number one source for everything video games. Each week we bring you the best of the video gaming world from sites all over the internet. Like us today on Facebook or follow us today at Game Source and you'll stay up with the latest in information and news, plus also about all the great things we're doing on our Game Source Facebook, Twitter, and Game Source YouTube pages. Stay up to date with the video gaming world. Right here at Game Source. What's up, guys? It's Rob McCallum, host of The Trenches. If you don't know what that is, well, I'm going to tell you. Every now and then, I call up friends, colleagues, and sometimes people I don't even know and chat with them for an hour or so. It's all unscripted, unedited, and unpredictable. Why should you care? Well, if you're a creative person like me, you'll get to hear unbelievable and incredible stories because the one through line that connects all my guests is that they make their living doing something creative in the trenches. Get it? 
So from filmmakers to animators to action figure sculptors and authors, we talk with a lot of folks, and no one has the same story. So check out The Trenches here on the Pop Culture Cosmos or on iTunes. And we're back with the Pop Culture Cosmos. My name is Gerald Glassford from Pop Culture Cosmos and Game Source. We truly appreciate you listening out there. I want to thank you for, for being a part of today's program. It's been a, been a great pleasure you know, talking to everyone out there about the latest stuff going on with the Nintendo Switch, uh, The Last Jedi, and also as well going at the Super Rogue Game Station cast, and, and also as well the the morning to the morning monitor and and Josh. Before we head on out, can you share everybody what's going on with Humanica Media and all the great things that that you guys are doing out there? Plus, also the what about this podcast as well? Correct. Uh, yeah, we have we just started our daily show called the Morning Monitor. You can catch it every day. Um, you know, we're, we're still working on exactly what time it will be posted, but if you check at the end of the night on our YouTube page, please subscribe. By the way. Uh, you'll be able to catch it. We also have the Super BS Games cast coming at you uh, probably next week. And then uh, the, also you have a brand new episode of What About This? They were on hiatus because Travis had a – or Travis' wife had a baby. Congratulations to them. And, uh, you know, they will be back this week with some new stuff. And, uh, you know, just keep following us. Give us some feedback. We're always looking to improve what we've got. Uh, yeah, stay tuned. Indeed, that's a lot of great things that are coming out of there. So I truly appreciate uh, all the stuff that Humanity Media provides for us with the great What About This podcast, which has been a big hit, the Morning Monitor, which comes at you every day, and also as well the Super Bro Station Gamescast. I tell you what, that is a hard one to say every single time. And, and asking to do it three or four times uh, an episode is really difficult indeed. But the, we the changed guys, it to super the Super BS Gamescast. Okay, the Super BS Gamescast. Okay, so now you shorten it indeed. Okay, you made it even easier now. So the Super BS Gamescast, that is a, definitely a, a great shows indeed. If you get a chance, check it out on the Humanican Media networks that are available out there on Facebook or YouTube, Podbean, iTunes, correct? Yeah, okay. And podcast.com. Of yes, podcast.com, Podbean, iTunes, all the all the usual suspects. All the usual suspects indeed. So it's been another great episode of the Pop Culture Cosmos here. And I wanna before we actually head on out, I want to ask you this. They recently announced for Deadpool 2 of the sequel I know you, you heard about this. I know we talked about it a little bit earlier. Was uh, they finally found a cable, which is the frenemy, the the mentor friend kind of enemy. They kind of battle. They kind of don't kind of deal as far as Deadpool is concerned, and and kind of an ally, ally, kind of a friend, kind of you know. It is just basically it's a unique relationship as only Deadpool can have in his life. So Cable was announced as being played by none other than Thanos, Josh Brolin, which I know Ryan Reynolds may or may not be happy with. Uh, reading the social media accounts, it, it may be uh, kind of uh, strange, the, the vibes he's sending out there, because you'd think he'd have a, a good say as far as who would be playing that role. So your thoughts on Josh Brolin as Cable and do you think they should have actually given the job to someone else? Because there was a lot of heavyweights that were rumored to be in line to to have a shot at it, including Russell Crowe, Brad Pitt, uh, Stephen Lang, uh, a bevy of actors that were, were all 
lining up to be a part of that role working in Deadpool too. I thought that Kyle Chandler would have been a good choice just because it, it would be a different, uh, different kind of part from Friday night lights. Correct. And super eight. I, I love, honestly, I love that guy. Like, I don't know what it is. Like he's just something about his acting. Like he's got a lot of range and he always like, he's one of those actors that actually like makes you like feel bad for him. Like, so it's, it, I don't know. It's interesting that, but anyways, uh, yeah, this, this I mean, this, this might be the Marvel Fox crossover we've all been waiting for. You're going to be, you know, he's going to be Cable, and he's going to go back in time. It turns out he's actually Thanos. We know, we don't know this yet. It's, it's anything's possible, but uh, I, I think it tells me that there there is no relationship between Fox. And Fox. <laughs> uh, it just they just Fox just wants to go ahead and do, do what they want to do, no matter how much they mess up the X Men timeline and all that. I think it just tells me that they're willing to do anything as far as they don't care if it's a DC actor. They don't care if it's a, they've been working on Marvels. They, they don't really care need as far as they'd hire Robert Downey Jr. If they, if they wanted to. I'm curious what the contract looks like for that. I'm like, cause I know there's, it's a weird thing between studios, but maybe because these are Marvel properties, they're letting them do that. I don't know. But I think that now this definitely goes to show that there are no plans like you said, for a crossover there, because clearly, uh, you know, there's no, you can't have two characters played by the same actor in the same universe. So there's been supporting characters. There's been some characters in Marvel films that are also in the DC films. And then also, I don't know if we've seen any supporting characters. I'm sure there's probably, you know, supporting characters or, or characters of a side nature that, that we've seen on Fox films or Marvel uh, pictures, but this is the first marquee high end one that is now playing a relevant active character. That's going to be a major part of the infinity wars universe. That is now also going to be part of the Deadpool movie universe as well. Correct. Correct. So yeah, it's all, uh, no, nobody saw this coming. Uh, Josh Brolin, it, kind of a weird choice for cable. I like him and he's a good actor. We haven't seen him act as Thanos yet really besides just, sitting on his chair going, fine, I'm going to do it myself. But, uh, you know, it'll be good to see see him have some range, in a, especially, like, having to keep up with Ryan Reynolds. His social media posts are funny, like what, what he had to say about uh, you can't have two characters in the same universe. But, uh, you know, I'm, I'm curious. We'll see. I can't really speculate a lot on it just because I don't know what to expect from it. I just heard the news today, so. I would assume he'd have some influence in picking the cable character. So I don't think it, it, to me, Josh Brolin being cable, he must've wild them in like uh, a, a, maybe a rehearsal or, or a setup as far as, uh, you know, beforehand when he was, they was trying out for the role that, that he must've wild them in some way that they say that, you know, him playing cable is too good to pass up. Right. And I wonder how he got a track, how the part got to him. Like how, what was the process there too? Was it something that he sought after or was it something that the studio sought after him? You know, it's just, it's a great mystery right now. It is indeed, but it's something that, that definitely is intriguing. I think he's going to do very solid in the role. I think he does have that gruff voice. Anybody can color their hair white. Well, mine is unfortunately naturally colored, but uh, you know, that, that part is not a problem. I, I can definitely see him in the role if he, he bulks up a little bit and and because he does have that gruff demeanor uh you know one of your favorite movies jonah hex uh no i was just kidding about that but as we mentioned in a previous podcast it's 
it's something that that he could have you know if anybody who's seen that film unfortunately would know that he does have that gruff exterior that that could pass off for for cable indeed and i could see the interplay between those two really getting to be uh Right in the middle of a heated battle scene, those two just stopping just to throw insults at each other and, and not caring what's going on around them. It's, it's, I could see that happening at some point in time, creating more laughs indeed for, for a picture that, that both Josh and I truly enjoyed and, and look forward to the sequel indeed with great anticipation because, uh, tell you what, uh, Deadpool so far hasn't really done too much wrong. So we're, we're gonna, we're gonna say, say hopeful and stay positive now that, that Josh Brolin, even though he's busy doing other things in the Infinity Wars universe, that he'll also have time to be a great car- Cable character. Excuse me, great Cable as well. What are your thoughts on Josh Brolin as Cable? Please let us know when you get a chance. PopCultureCosmos at Yahoo.com. Or you can give us a shout out on PopCultureCosmos, Humanica Media, or GameSource on Facebook and Twitter as well. So, Josh, any last thoughts before we head on out about uh, what's coming up this week for Humanican Media? Yeah, please, uh, like I said, check out the Morning Monitor. We'd love to have your feedback. Uh, please subscribe, follow us. We, you know, we're we're always we're trying to build it an audience from scratch here, so we would greatly appreciate any support you could give us. And stay tuned for the Super BS Gamescast and the What About This podcast. And uh, as always, thanks for delving into the pop culture cosmos. Indeed, we do appreciate as well. The pop culture cosmos show is is truly successful only because you are listening out there. And we truly remind ourselves that and appreciate it indeed every single time we go on the air. So it's all because of you. We're here and we definitely appreciate your support indeed. So for Josh Peterson, this is Gerald Glassford. And it tell you what, it's another beautiful day in paradise here in the pop culture cosmos. We thank you for listening. And here's hoping you have yourself a great day. This has been a broadcast of the ESO Network, your station for all things geek, classic, current, and beyond. Be part of the crew at ESONetwork.com. Tangent Bound Network. Let your voice be heard. TangentBoundNetwork.com Thanks so much for downloading the Pop Culture Cosmos as a special treat. We're adding a bonus episode, which starts right now. So sit back and relax as you enjoy more awesome goodness from the Pop Culture Cosmos family. And stay tuned as more great podcasts are on the way. Thanks again for listening to us here at the Pop Culture Cosmos. Ladies and gentlemen, welcome back to a Galaxy Far, Far Away podcast. I, of course, am your host, Jay Bartlett, alongside my good buddy, Josh Schmidt. What's up, dude? Finally, it's only been five months. <laughs> it's been a few months. Yeah. But hey, man, that's okay. Yeah, life, life happens.
we're busy dudes. And we kind of talked about this a little bit too. I think it's a lot better for us and for the listeners that we kind of do one when there's something to say. Uh, I felt there's a few episodes that we did and we kind of were just, you know, almost struggling for content, but um, not today. No, not today. We've got a, a huge list here of things over the past few months that I want to go through and it's going to be really loose, which is awesome. I'll just bring up a topic and we'll, uh, we'll talk about it. First of all, how are things with you, man? What have you been doing the last couple months? Bro, I've been, I have been, uh, creating content like a machine. Um, we not yeah. only have that destiny podcast that we're doing, we now have a Nintendo podcast called the Nintendo power cast. And, yes. uh, yeah, you do. yeah. And so that's, <laughs> uh, you know, doing and doing a lot of YouTube videos, streaming on a regular basis, and uh, plus being a dad and a husband, and and trying. Oh yeah, to, that. Uh, oh yeah, that. <laughs> you know, trying to balance all of this stuff. So, uh, and then working like close to fifty hours a week on top of it. So, I'm, uh, yeah, I'm staying busy, man. Nice. How about you? Uh, I myself have been working at my day job, of course, and four bands now i'm playing with four bands yeah so i've been one one is not confirmed yet i'm still trying out for it um but three bands yeah and just playing music every single day and just loving it um been quite busy my uh our good buddy rob mccallum is uh moved back to canada now well he's not officially back but he's been staying with me the last couple months here so it's been fun to have a your best buddy is your roommate again. You know, I forgot what that was like. So just been hanging out with him and him and I have been writing a lot of uh, ideas for the sequel to Nintendo Quest, which I promise is coming. Wow. Nice. Um, we've been sitting there trying to come up with ideas. It's tough. It's tough to top that one. So I think people will be uh, pleasantly surprised when they see what we've come up with. Um, but we're all caught up now. We're here to talk about Star Wars. Of course, it's... Uh, it's Saturday. Yeah, Saturday. It's the third day, I believe, of Star Wars Celebration, if I'm not mistaken. Um, and this year is very special. It's it's held in uh, Florida this year, in Orlando. And it's the 40th anniversary of the very first Star Wars film. So 40 years ago this May, A New Hope came out. Hmm. I remember when it was 30 years. And I was like, holy crap, 30 years. And now it's 40 years. Wow. Um, have you have you had a chance to watch besides of course the last Jedi panel have you had a chance to watch any of the other stuff I have not dude I have this like we had family dinner last night like trying to you know with it being Easter weekend trying to get all that uh, so it's just been it's just been pretty much uh, no time to sit and do uh, that kind of stuff, so unfortunately. But I did see like a a, t- a couple tweets, you know, like they did a cool tribute to Carrie Fisher, I think, and that kind of stuff. I just even haven't even I haven't had a chance to see the videos or anything. I'm I'm yeah I'm a bad star. Yeah, I fan. haven't. I, I watched the last Jedi panel, which was almost it was about two hours, and then of course they unveiled the teaser poster and then the first trailer. Um, but there was a New Hope one with. George Lucas, Mark Hamill, and Harrison Ford. So that one I'm going to go back and check out, definitely. Uh, from what I understand, there was a Rebels one. There was a Rogue One panel. Um, yeah, there was a ton of stuff. There was Ray Park. 
in Warwick Davis reenacted the end of the Phantom Menace when Darth Maul gets cut in two. I guess it's pretty funny. Let's go back and watch that, man. Little Warwick. It's pretty funny. So we were just sitting here, and uh, you're like, hey, man, have you seen the Battlefront 2 trailer? And they did release, I think it was about a 50-second little teaser for Battlefront 2. But you and I, at the same time, we just watched Battlefront 2, the full trailer. And uh, what are some of, the, some of your thoughts fresh, fresh out of the gate? Oh, man. You know, I, there's something about when you, for me anyway, and maybe it's the same for you, but when you watch a Star Wars movie, the first thing I want to do is go play a Star Wars video game. And so yeah. literally, even this morning, we put on episode seven. And, uh, we're just kind of, I'm sitting with my wife and my daughters. We got, you know, we're playing our DSs or whatever, just kind of chilling out on a Saturday morning, put on episode seven. The moment I see the millennium Falcon take off with tie fighters behind it. I'm like, I just want to play battlefront. So then we we watched this trailer and I'm like that. I mean, this it's looking awesome, dude. Like the first one looks gorgeous. The sound is amazing. It was just kind of lacking some meat and potatoes. It was like a really good foundation, but didn't have a a whole lot to it. Now this one's going to have a campaign, which looks like it's pretty cool from the perspective of, of a, uh, a special forces unit watching the death star blow up from Endor and and seeing that. Yeah, it was really neat to see. And so, uh, I mean, it just seeing just the battles reenacted and that kind of stuff. It looked, it looked really good. It looked really good. And like seeing Tauntauns in battle, like running, running dudes over, you know, like those things always seem kind of like a timid, like, I don't know, kind of a, not very, not very fleshed out, uh, creature you know no no pun intended and uh um and to see them like you know kind of almost looking like velociraptors with dudes on their back was kind of was kind of cool yeah they they did a bunch of well first i'll comment on the story part which was from the the eyes of the tie fighter pilot i thought that was really cool she she watched the death star blow up from endor and that was that really got me um They've listened. EA has listened to the fans big time. The fans wanted a campaign. You're going to get a hefty campaign. They wanted more accessible heroes. We saw Jedi Luke. We saw Yoda. We saw Kylo Ren. Uh, so there's going to be, I think, I think it's going to be a lot, a lot uh, similar to Battlefront to the original, where literally was everything from the prequels to, to episode six. I think this is going to encompass everything, which I think they need to do. I've always said, you know, you may have a few episodes you don't like compared to others, but I don't think they should take that stuff out. Just include it all. Like, what's it going to hurt, you know? Yeah, for sure. And I, I mean, I, it was very clear we saw stuff from episode seven. Did you notice, other than Darth Maul, did you notice anything that looked pre-New uh, Hope? Well, there was Yoda with the lightsaber. So sure. So that, I mean, that's also kind of an indicator too, but I, I'm just wondering if, if there's a possibility that like the prequels might end up being DLC. You know what? I would be fine with that too. Um, then people can choose whether they want to do that or not. Uh, even the episodes, the, the new trilogy stuff. Um, I'd be fine with that too. And rogue one stuff. I don't know. That, that's a cool idea, man. So you get the core, you know, four, five and six, And then you choose, you know, you want episode two content. There it is. You know, it's 50 bucks or whatever. I'd be down for that. 
Yeah. Maybe not 50 bucks, but <laughs> you know what I mean? Well, and it, I mean, it looked like episode seven was going to be in this based on the way some of the ships looked and everything. Like it yeah. looked like a, you know, battlefront one had like the battle of Jakku, which took place after, uh, after return of the Jedi. Right. Yeah. This looks, I wonder if we're going to see that more, like actually see more than just like, Oh, this is the battle. And it's your, you know, your, your, your typical battlefront to where it's like, no, here's the campaign mission of what was going on and maybe some more story behind that. But I wonder if it's going to, I wonder if it's going to work on filling that gap between episode six and episode seven with, um, even if it's backstory, not like, you're not like actual, uh, you know, what was happening with Han and that kind of stuff, but just to see like what the empire was up to and becoming the first order and that kind of stuff. Like, I wonder if it'll, uh, I wonder if it'll get into some of that. Yeah, no, it's, uh, it's definitely exciting. Um, I hope as far as gameplay wise, they, they, like you said, there's a little bit more meat to it. I found most of the guns, the same, right. Um, some of the heroes were, you know, like when Han can go against Darth Vader, I think that's, I think they should have different tiers of heroes. You know what I mean? I think yeah. Darth Vader would be at the top and Han would be maybe somewhere in the middle as far as combat goes. Right. But, um, if they fix that, the guns, the guns, in my opinion, all kind of felt similar. Yeah, they did. They did. Same. I you know. Mean, yeah. There was very little it, towards the end, the last update, it did add a few more things, but I've, I've only, I've only played it very little, but if it did make a few of the guns, stand out a little bit more you know okay so uh because i i uh i bought the season pass and i must confess i played uh bespin i downloaded that but i haven't downloaded the death star and i don't have i didn't download the rogue one stuff either i hear that scarif is fantastic oh dude the the game mode they made for that where you start in space and i mean I guess I'll say spoilers if you haven't seen rogue one or whatever, just so that that's, that's clear, but it basically, um, so you've been warned, but basically you start in space and you're trying to get through the shield and your objective is just to get one ship through. As soon as one ship is through, um, you move on. If you don't get a ship through, you lose and the other team wins, right? And that, that ends the experience. So if you get a ship through now, you're in a ground battle, um, on, scarif doing uh like basically trying to plant bombs and and then they're trying to disarm bombs and then if they blow up you there's there's three steps and it's been a while since i since i did it so i don't remember the exact uh i think you do one more battle where there ends up being like atats coming into the picture and everything it gets uh it, it, it just gets more and more epic. And so they, they did a really good job with that and you can jump But The cool thing is you can jump into just that DLC and it will play the different game modes. And so that's oh, like cool. one game mode in itself, but then it does the other ones as well. The death star, like yeah. superb, man, that was some of the best star Wars video game, uh, content I've ever played. Like they did wow. a really good job and it's, it's the same kind of thing. You go in, you have to take out a, a star destroyer, once you take out a star destroyer, you it, it think you land, you either land on the death star or another star destroyer. I can't remember. And you got to rescue R2 and get him out. And oh, then cool. once he comes out, then you're doing the, the trench run and that nice. whole battle. And so it's just, it's really well done. It, you know, the game plays great. It, like I said, there's great foundation, but it, it, it definitely needed just some more meat and potatoes. And, and so now I think you can pick up the whole thing for like 40 bucks and that's a good, that's a great deal. Like yeah. it, it was unfortunate that they, 
it really felt like they were just trying to uh, almost rip you off in a way because it was like 60 bucks for the game and 50 bucks for the, the DLC. And it, and it, that game didn't feel like a $60 game until you had all of it together. So yeah. Um, the only other thing that I, I would change is the lightsaber combat. I mean, there was very, very few times that I encountered Luke versus Vader, but yeah, it was very clunky and very, do you know what I mean? I wish it would almost be like, uh, if you played for honor, Oh, okay. I haven't, but I know for that. honor you, you, you find another human opponent and you guys lock onto each other. Kind of like you do in Zelda with an enemy, right? So you're locked in. So no matter where you go, the camera follows the both of you. Sure. I wish it was like that. That would be cool. But, uh, yeah. And you can tell that like lightsaber battles weren't high on their prior. Like it was almost kind of tacked on. It felt like, yeah. Yeah. So who knows? Yeah, Maybe they'll put they, a little more into yeah. it. The heroes, I, I think, were completely unbalanced. But hey, it's a good first attempt. But I always say it's kind of weird that Battlefront 2 on uh, PS2 and Xbox was so good. Mm-hmm. So, but hey, whatever. Yeah. Um, moving on. So Rogue One finally comes home. Actually, this this wait from the theater to the Blu-ray didn't seem like a long time. I guess Force Awakens was only four months too, right? Before it came out, came out in April as well. Uh, so I wasn't like, like really wait, like when is it coming? When is it coming? But I remember about two weeks ago or three weeks ago, maybe it was a month ago going, shouldn't Rogue One be out by now? <laughs> you know, I remember saying that cause I'm like ready to watch that movie again. And then yeah. uh, it was like, not like a week later I see on my iTunes, you know, when I fire up my Apple TV that it's like, Oh, you can purchase Rogue One. I was like, oh, there it is. So just to recap, um, when we both saw the original trailer for Rogue One, I was kind of lukewarm about it. It didn't it didn't blow me away. It didn't look bad, but it didn't blow me away. Um, again, just for everyone listening, what was your initial reaction when you first saw the Rogue One trailer? Rogue One trailer? Way yes, back when? Rogue- yep. Oof, I mean... I I remember really being uh, I was stoked for the fact that like it looked like the original star Wars and it looked like they were going to do um, do a good job with it. And seeing ATAT, seeing the beach, it was like, this is kind of new. This is, uh, you know, and so there, there were, there were aspects of it that excited me. And then at the same time, it was like, I'm not going to have any nostalgia for these characters. I'm going to have nostalgia for the, the, the ships and yeah. the vehicles and that kind of stuff. But really, I'm not going to really care about these characters to all that much. And so, um, one thing that did help me get more hyped about it was reading the, like listening to the book. And so oh, yeah. I, I did, I did listen to that whole book and kind of get some, uh, get some backstory on, um, on Jin and that kind of stuff. So it came out in the theater. We both saw it and we both really liked it. Um, but for me, it wasn't something I needed to go see over and over again, where the force awakens very much was. And then it came on, it came on the Blu-ray and I, and I put it in and I watched it and I had, such a new appreciation for it. I don't know if it was because the hype was kind of died down as far as like, this is a, a star Wars film. That's not about the Skywalker family, although Vader's in it, but you know what I mean? And I watched it again. I was like, what well, this movie is really good. And it actually is very, very dark and very 
It's very sad. Again, if you guys haven't seen Rogue One, I apologize. But as the characters start to die, it, it really sucks. Like, especially, I, I really, really like the relationship between Baz and uh, Chirrut. And when Chirrut, when Chirrut dies, it's it's horrible. Mm-hmm. I think it's on par with when Obi-Wan goes. Like, it's very sad. Even when K2 dies, it's just, wow. Yeah. So I, I, I got a new appreciation for it because I got to go back and rewatch scenes and pause stuff and look at the backgrounds and that. And the movie's really well done. And uh, Kathleen Kennedy said at the celebration yesterday, you know, thank you to everyone for supporting Rogue One because we, we were scared. Mm-hmm. that We took a big chance on doing something that wasn't about Luke and Obi-Wan and all that kind of stuff. And you guys supported it. So that gives us the green light to do more. And I'm like, good. That is amazing. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, the more stories they can tell, the better. What's funny. Like my wife was like, uh, you know, she didn't go to see it in the theater with me. I went and saw it in the theater three times. I took my, I took my boys the first time. Um, I, I may have gone and watched it again just by myself, just because I wanted, I wanted to see it again. And, and then um, the third time I went with my uncle and my daughter begged me to come with my youngest daughter. So, you know, oh, that's awesome. she, she came along too. And, and so I was, I was asking my wife, like, Hey, are you excited? About, uh, you know, it's it, whatever. I, I want to see more about Ray or I want to see more about, you know, Luke and that kind of stuff. That's what she was. That's what she was saying. And yeah. then when we got done, she was like, wow, that was, that was, that was really good. And and actually tonight we're having my, my mom and dad, we weren't able to take them. We were hoping to take them in the theater and we weren't able to. So, so they haven't even seen it yet. We're going to watch it with them tonight for the first time. So oh, that'll cool. be, that'll be fun. We're going to, we're going to grill up some, grill up some tri-tip and, uh, and watch some star Wars with the fam, man. That's a good Easter weekend. I'll tell you that right now. Oh, for sure. Um, so moving on, um, are you caught up on Rebels at all? I'm not, dude. I, I think okay. about it regularly. Here's the, the frustrating thing for me and Rebels is I don't have a DVR. And right. I literally can watch it on my computer or on my phone because I have to use the, the Disney XD app. Why they don't have that app for the Xbox, it kills me. I'm not sure why they don't have it. but right. uh, so, so I'm actually, I'm actually behind quite a bit. Okay, well then I will bypass that entire thing because I don't want to wreck it. Um, needless to say, season three was even more epic than season two. Um, and I don't know if you saw this today. They just announced that season four will be the last season. Oh, I did see something about it. I didn't see it was going to be the last one. Yeah, they're going to conclude everyone's stories in one way or another. So that's kind of it's very intriguing. Um, okay, we'll skip that then. So let's talk about the big boy, what everyone is talking about today, and that is the trailer for The Last Jedi. So I watched the panel. Again, the the panel was about two hours, and they brought out Ryan Johnson, Kathleen Kennedy, of course, and they brought out Daisy Ridley, John Boyega. And I apologize to everyone out there because I don't know the actress's name. I've forgotten it. Um. But they they introduced a new character, and her name is Rose. So they introduced the Rose character, uh, and she's just this little Asian girl who, I guess, gets caught up in an adventure with Finn. Um, and she's kind of like dragged out her out of her element, and you know she's the 
doesn't want to be a hero, but she's kind of just forced into this situation with Finn. And her name is Rose, which I thought was a really, really cool name for a Star Wars character. Hmm. So we got to see her a bit. And then, of course, the last guest, they bring out Mark Hamill. And on the screen, they show just a picture, a new, a brand new picture of Luke. And dude, I started just bawling. I couldn't control it. Rob was like so embarrassed. We were watching it together, but he's just standing there on a mountain and his hair is all flowing and long. Yeah. I was just like, Oh my God. Um, (laughs) You know, what's cool about Ryan Johnson is that he reminds me of you and I, if you and I were to make a star Wars movie, the kind of appreciation and respect we would have for not only the source material, but the fans. Yeah. Because he's very much a fan. He was on stage with his little digital camera taking pictures of everything. Like Daisy's talking, he's taking pictures because he likes to save all these moments, right? And um, and at the end, he's like, okay, I, I'm going to do the big reveal. For you guys, here's the teaser poster. And the crowd went like, oh. Like that. He's like, no, 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 no. He's like, relax. He's like, of course I brought the trailer too. And then there's like a standing ovation. <laughs> So you've seen the poster, I'm sure. The, it's my new screen on my phone. Oh, it's fantastic. <laughs> what a fantastic shot. Um, and then he's then he plays the trailer. And everyone's just going nuts. And at the end of it, he's like, oh, that was so great. There's nothing more I want to do, guys, than watch it with you again. So here we go. And then they played it again right after. Oh, so freaking cool, man. Yeah. Anyway, what are your thoughts? Oh, dude. Um, I want to backtrack just a little bit sure. before we jump too much into the trailer. I want to, I want to, I want to backtrack cause we didn't get to talk about this and it just hit me. Did you get to see any of those videos that Josh Gad did where he was harassing Daisy Ridley trying yes. to get footage yeah. of Star yes. Wars or trying to get, hey, you know what? I didn't know who that dude was. He's an actor, <laughs> I guess. I didn't know. Um, I only saw the one when Chris Pratt was in it. Yeah, and uh, Penelope, Penelope Cruz, right. she's speaking Spanish about Snoke or whatever. It's great, it's brilliant. Uh, but they played a bunch of those before they had the the Last Jedi panel. Okay, okay. So yeah, and he kept apologizing to Daisy, and that guy is so funny, right? And he's like, "Okay, Daisy, we'll forget about all that stuff." Okay, are you the Last Jedi? And everyone starts laughing. He's like, "No, I gotta know. Are you a Skywalker? Are you a Kenobi?" And she's just laughing, not saying anything. And then he's like, seriously, your name's Ray. And she's like, yeah. He's like, don't you question why you don't have a last name? Isn't that weird? He's like, I don't just introduce myself as Josh. I'm just Josh. <laughs> it's pretty funny, man. You, you got to go back and watch it when you have time. He's very funny. <laughs> yeah, he does the voice of like uh, uh, Olaf on that Frozen movie. He's been in that show New Girl. Um, he was, uh, he, he had a live action, he was in the live action, uh, beauty and the beast. So he does, he does, oh, a, okay. he does a fair amount of stuff. He's a pretty busy guy. So, um, but yeah, very funny, very funny. But yeah, I just want to make sure we touched on that because I was like, Oh, that, that it happened quite a while ago. So I'm glad to hear that they re yeah. that they showed that stuff again. Cause it was, it was pretty good. Pretty there was good. a bunch of them that were like quick cuts and it was, uh, almost every time Daisy, came in back into her trailer, he would be there with like the super eight camera and he'd be like, Hey, so what, what scene were you filming? And she's just like, stop bothering me, Josh. And you'll just do that. It's just really well done. Yeah. Good stuff. Good stuff. So as far as the trailer, the first time I watched it, I, I, I'm driving 
and somebody what? tweets at me, this is safe. out. This is out. So I'm like, oh gosh. So I'm on the freeway. And I'm like, I'm not watching on the free. Uh, this is stupid. I'm not going oh, to say no, 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 no. <laughs> so, so I got off the freeway and we have where, where I was heading was just these just kind of old country roads. There's no traffic whatsoever. So I just kind of like would glance, like I had it play. I'm more listening to it than even watching it. Cause it's, it's super dangerous. I don't, I don't recommend that at all. Um, but just kind of got to listen to Luke talk, you know, and was like, yeah, okay, I got to see this again. And then sat down at the desk and, and flipped my phone up and, and, and kind of watched it again. But like the, I work in a pretty dirty environment. So like my phone screen is pretty ham. Like the screen is good. I have a protector on it, but the protector's trashed. So I can't even really see very well. And I'm like, okay, I got to watch this again. And, uh, we watch it in my, on my big screen downstairs, my living room, but we have a wicked glare. So I can't see it very well. I'm like, I didn't even notice on my phone that, that you could see Ray practicing with the lightsaber, you know? Yeah. And it's really funny. I have the YouTube page open that we just watched the trailer and there's like star Wars headquarters is, is like that statue. There's a, there's a column of rocks right next to Ray when she's swinging yeah. that lightsaber. They're like, it looks like it's Yoda. I'm like, it looks yeah, like a, it looks like a rock. <laughs> People are just looking into it. Yeah. Do you have your phone on you? Yeah. Okay. So I thought it would be cool. I took a lot of stills from the trailer and I'll send you one and then we'll kind of describe it and talk about that particular part. But before I do that, I did take a screen cap of when Mark Hamill comes on stage and they show that picture that made me lose my mind. Okay. Okay, So I just sent it to you. Look at this. Oh, wow, dude. Look at that. Wow. (laughs) What's dude? We've grown up with this guy. Like this. So it's, it's Mark and it looks like he's got like a poncho on. It's not, sorry, it's not Mark. It's Luke Skywalker. And it's, he's got like a, a black poncho and he's, the wind is in his hair and it's all long. And oh, he looks like almost like the Highlander, man. He just looks so badass. Yeah. So badass. Um, okay. So let's, let's oh, that's let's so cool. It's so cool. I love how like, you can see the audience in this picture that you sent. And there's like yeah. one dude with a green lightsaber, just like, <laughs> He's got him pointed to the yeah. sky. Like everyone else is holding cameras and phones. No, this dude's like, <laughs> I got Luke's saber. Here we so, go. So Ryan and Kathleen unveiled the the teaser poster for the last Jedi. And it is, uh, it's very new hope in style. In my opinion, it's basically Ray holding up, uh, Anakin's blade and it's blue. And then it turns red. And then on either side, you have a half face of Luke and a half face of Ren, but they're not equal and they're offset, which I think is also very interesting. Yeah, it is. So I, of course everyone knows what we're talking about. We're kind of just sharing these pictures now. So I mean, um, that's, that's crazy. It looks just like it it makes it look like Luke is the man and Ren is in a shadow. Yeah. It's, I mean, that's, that's kind of what, what but it's it really cool how the blade is blue and then it turns red as it goes. And it's also interesting there. that Luke and Ren are both red. It's not like the, uh, it's not like episode seven where it was split. Like the lightsaber kind of split yeah. and it, and the, the people or the, you know, those on the dark side were red and those on the light were blue and, and Ren and Ray were kind of in the middle, like almost with that purple hue. Right. And yeah, Remember her sta- her staff like went parallel with his red blade yeah. on the poster? Yeah. 
Um, Daisy did say something which was kind of intriguing during the the interview. She said, you know, of course she can't talk talk much about the plot, but she said, have you guys ever looked up to somebody, you know, fairly legendary or, or, you know, someone who's, you know, influenced your life and then you meet them and they're not quite exactly what you thought they were. So that's her Ray talking about Luke. Mm. Which I is very interesting. So I'm really interested to see see Luke's character. Um, we'll talk about that in a second because obviously I think he's the meat and potatoes of the trailer. Now this picture here is um, you might have to zoom in a bit. <clears throat> that is Kylo Men, <coughs> Kylo Ren's mask, which looks like it's been stepped on or crushed. Yeah. Um. But if you look closely, if you kind of zoom in on it, where the eyepiece is, you'll notice there's a piece of metal that's going up around the eyepiece, and it looks like Vader's triangle. Like, it very much looks like Darth Vader's mask, if you look closely. Hmm. I think that's interesting. So I wonder if they obviously recovered his mask, and I wonder if you know Snow crushes it because he failed him, or I, I don't know. But that's uh, that part of the trailer is awesome. Yeah, it was, in, and the, I like the the way the music and stuff changed during that during that part of the trailer as well. They did his theme, yeah, yeah. So, yeah. but yeah, so it's, the, and, and I wonder if he's gonna. And then anytime we see him in the rest of the trailer, he's got no mask on. He's just got that that thick dark hair and the you scar know, and the scar. You see the scar. Um, <clears throat> so these two shots fall back to back, which he's talking about the light and the dark. And I think they're f- just absolutely brilliant. That shot of Kylo Ren, whoever he's staring at, he's, he's pointing his saber. And did you notice, by the way, that's his, that's his blade. So he's either made a new one or fixed the old one. Cause his old one got cut in two. <laughs> I don't know if I tweeted this or just said it to somebody, but I'm like, I know he's got duct tape on that saber. <laughs> well, let's put it this way. It couldn't get much worse than it was right. Design wise. Um, but I love that Ray's running at somebody and then the next shot is Kylo running. He's pointing the saber almost at the camera and he's doing like a twisting motion, which is really just sick, man. He's, he's pure evil. Um, this shot is great. This is of Luke and R2. And once again, Luke drops to his knees and I can't help but to think that this is another flashback to what happened to the temple to his academy right yeah this looks like that scene when she first touches the saber and he reaches out and touches r2 yeah but it's from the back now yeah he's he's standing and then he drops right to his knees so it's interesting Uh, what else we got here what else have i saved here um dude do you i mean this makes me wonder they keep teasing this and I mean, this looks like a pretty, like now again, it could mostly just be like post-production or whatever, but I mean, if that, if there's obviously some set pieces there and whatnot, like I wonder how much of this we're going to find out. Yeah. It might be something that's not concluded till episode nine. Mm-hmm. till you find out exactly what happened, why he turned, why he turned on Luke. Um, and then of course this is, one of the most iconic shots I've ever seen in Star Wars. Uh, so it's the very end of the trailer when Luke says, I only know one truth. And that's, you know, what does he say? The Jedi 
should end or something like that. The Jedi, the Jedi must end. Yeah, that's it. And he's standing in his, in his cave. And again, he's got to that poncho on, but I just absolutely love that shot. It's dark. And you really just see Mark's silhouette in the doorway there. It's so Dagobah to me. Yep. It really, I mean, and not he, in a bad does, way. He doesn't have the, the robes of, of episode seven where he almost looked like a priest. Now he's kind of, it's almost like back to basics. He's just got a dirty poncho and I'm sure he's, he's training Ray, right? So he can't wear those like big, heavy, long robes. But, uh, well, so it, it depends what, if that line is in the movie and it's said at that point, he may not be, I'm assuming, I'm assuming that part of that line is early on where he's like, just get yeah. out of here. You know, kind of like Yoda was with Obi-Wan. Like I can't, I can't train this kid. He's too full of, you know, he's too full of anger and he's too, you know, whatever. And Obi-Wan's like, was I any different? Like, dude, what if we get to see, what if, what if that kind of, some of that takes place? What if there's a, a ghost Yoda or something? You know what I mean? Like, I'd, I'd, I, I'd I think be down. you're going to see the force ghost of Yoda and Obi-Wan almost guaranteed. Um, but that statement, um, the Jedi must end. It's kind of very cryptic, and this is this is my opinion. This is what I think. <clears throat> I think Luke started the Jedi Academy. Kylo Ren killed everyone, and Luke's just like, "Okay, what is going on in this galaxy?" He goes to find the first Jedi Temple to find out exactly, and I think he does find it, and he finds out everything about the Jedi. And Luke Skywalker comes to the realization that there is more than the good side and the dark side. And I think his statement of the Jedi must end is not meaning to like him dying or anything. I think it's just that he's like, we have to change our ways. Like, look at, look at, look at what's happened. Look at all this, this death in the galaxy. Nothing has ever been solved. Nothing's ever been resolved. What do you think? That's just my opinion. <laughs> Episode nine, Jedi reform. Is that going to be? Yeah. <laughs> Everyone's just in rehab. <laughs> <laughs> like we were we're we're changing the way of the jedi he's like we gotta re- we gotta rewrite this rule book and that's you know i think it's ray's hand on the book or whatever but it's just like yeah we gotta rewrite this this just isn't working you know yeah well i mean I really and I, I i'm not like i'm not huge into the lore and i you know of, of that kind of stuff or the history I know the movies, I know the games, I've read some books, you know, but, but especially once everything got thrown out, that wasn't Canon and what is Canon now, it kind of, it kind of convoluted things a little bit and made it a little more difficult, but like thinking about the, the episodes one, two, and three, right. And, and whether you like them, hate them, whatever you could see, it was basically a time of peace. Everything was hunky dory everything, everyone fell in line and it worked. It was working. But then, you know, and and Brian, who we've had on here a number of times, who's my co-host on the other shows, like he, he, from the moment he saw this trailer, the first thing he said was like um, something along the lines. I'm just going to paraphrase, but like, you know, Luke, probably feels like he was taken a little bit like, Hey, we need you kid to, uh, basically finish what we couldn't, you know? And, and 
you know, and, and we see return of the Jedi and it's like, Oh, everything, everything did turn out, but then everything came crashing down. This is the, this is the elements that we don't know yet. We we've only seen a, just glimpses of, of it, of it just crashing down to him, him maybe looking at it from a completely different perspective now and saying that, that the Jedi doesn't work. It doesn't work. Obi-Wan said, it is your destiny. You must face Darth Vader again. So I kind of agree with Brian where maybe Luke doesn't necessarily feel used, but feels like, okay, Obi-Wan told me to go to Dagobah and train with Yoda. I did face Vader. I did. The emperor is destroyed. Okay. So I start the Jedi order and there's this other guy who killed everybody. He's just, I think Luke's just shaking his head and like, no, no, no. I'm going to go back to where this all started because there's something not right here. Yeah. I really honestly, like in my gut, I feel that that's, I, I don't want to say the plot, but I think that's the idea. It, it has to be. I mean, are are, are you people, saying to the extent that like, how different are the Jedi from the empire? I don't think Luke will ever, ever turn bad because we talked about this before that will just, it will ruin the saga if, it, if Luke turns bad at this point. Yeah. And that's not what I'm saying though, but like, the the empire believes what they are doing is right. The first order believes what they are doing is right. Yep. And they're doing whatever means necessary to make sure that becomes the reality. Look at it. Like, look at it like this. He trained <clears throat> Kylo Ren himself. He trained Ben solo, right? All the ideals of the Jedi. I'm sure Luke went by the book ish, but he trained him as a Jedi under the Jedi code. Right. Right. And Kylo Ren still fell. And not only did Kylo Ren fall, he killed all Luke's students. And not only did he do that, he killed his best friend. And 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 Luke's probably like, okay, what am I doing wrong? You know, one of those moments he's throwing his hands up in the air, like, I'm doing everything Yoda said. I'm doing everything the Jedi Order said. And yet Han is dead by his own son that I trained. Mm-hmm. He wants to go look at the rule book again to dumb it down and be like, okay, there's something I'm missing here. Have or you there's read- something, there's something that they're not telling me. Have you read bloodline? Not yet. No. <sighs> okay. There's- you can tell me, no, tell me. Cause I, that kind of thing doesn't bother me. You're not going to wreck anything. Cause I'm going to read it eventually anyway. So you can just, yeah. Spoilers. If you guys haven't read bloodlines. Well, I Go mean, ahead. this is literally the end of the book. That's Fine. Oh, okay. Basically, Without, I'll try to keep it as spoiler-free as possible. But basically, Ben Solo is lied to yeah. the same way that Luke was lied to. Luke still wanted to do what was right. Ben is doing what's right in his mind. But, you know, it's that whole, like, Obi-Wan thing. Like, well, it is the truth from a certain point of view. Yeah, that line never sat well with me ever. No. It just kind of seems shady. Right? Yeah, because it, it almost seems like they don't want Luke to find out it's his father. I mean, they make that clear. They're like, it's a, you know, it, it's, un- what do they say? I can't remember exactly, but something along the lines of it's unfortunate that you found out. And, and he's like, unfortunate that I know the truth. Yeah. yeah. Right? Yeah. Well, that, that right there is some red flags about the Jedi's practices or what they're doing. Like, they're trying to make sure that their goal is accomplished regardless if it's tr- of, of truth or not. Yeah. Ben was deceived about Vader. And 
when he found out who Vader was, was like, that's, 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 that's kind of what happened in bloodline. And so yeah, he, he wanted to know more. He wanted to know more about the dark side. Yeah, it was, uh, I, I actually know about that. Yeah. It was Han and Leia. Did they, did they hide? They, they hid the fact that Vader was his grandfather, right? That's, I believe that's what happened. So. Yeah. 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 Yeah, and then he finds out not through them. He just finds out. I, I again, I haven't read it. You have, but it's he finds through, out from the third party, or well, basically, it's broadcast through the galaxy that Leia is a Skywalker, and that Vader was Anakin Skywalker, her father. Yeah, you know, this was not known. She was known as uh, Leia Organa from Alderaan. Yeah, yeah, and so it all gets broadcast and. And, and, and Ben finds out. Interesting. Yeah, that's really cool. But I mean, that's what I'm saying. Like that whole, like deceiving to try to make things seem right is still not right. <laughs> you know, <laughs> like yeah. even if you feel like you're doing what's right. So it, I mean, I feel like what this movie could, could, and that's kind of what my point was about Luke, like going back to look at the Jedi and going, wait, they are, they have an agenda just like, just like the first order, the empire has an agenda. Yeah. Well, one of my buddies was saying, look at all the clone troopers that were sent to their slaughter by the Jedi. They're just mind, you know, not mindless drones, but you know, they were just like, like they were so expendable. Mm -hmm. They were just sent out. And yeah, I mean, I had another buddy too, that when we were growing up, he always said that the Jedi were evil and I always thought he was an idiot. Cause it didn't make sense to me, but they both have their own agendas. Right. And they both think they're right. But uh, I also like in the trailer, how Luke says, you know, what do you see? And she's like dark and light. And he's like, there's so much more. Like that's fantastic. So again, that solidifies what I think to be the plot where he just, He's got to throw down the Jedi book and he's not going to turn bad, but he's going to be like, okay, we got to, we got to do something to change this. Cause this is like thousands of years, tens of thousands of years. And, and there's still no balance in the force. We, and it's, a, it's become a cycle now, even, I in, don't even in just these two, like even in the, from, you know, Anakin being trained to then going to the dark side, uh, to then Ben being trained and now going to the dark side. Right. It's like, it's, it's almost becoming a cycle that, that Luke's got a, he's got a, and, and that's not like a dig at the films. It's just looking at it overall. Like, like something like what this keeps happening. What can we do to change it? Would you be terribly upset if I spoiled season three? Uh, and no. I say this, I say this only because it has something to do with exactly what we're talking about. No, no, um, I'll still, I'll still, I mean, like I've seen some of the, like, I know like Obi-Wan's going to be in it, you know, that kind of thing, but I haven't, uh, uh the second the, the, <clears throat> through the whole season, Maul has been trying to get Ezra to join the dark side and it becomes apprentice and all that. Um, but he's ju really just been using Ezra for one purpose. And the holocron, the Sith holocron tells Ezra to go meet someone on Tatooine. And he does, and it's Obi-Wan. Mm. And they're talking, and of course, Maul's there. 
And Maul's like, yeah, I was basically using you, kid, to get to Kenobi because I want to kill him. I want to have my revenge. So he tells Ezra to get out, you know, run. So Ezra takes off. It's Kenobi versus Maul again. Yes, dude. I can't wait for that. And they're just circling around the fire. You sure? You don't mind? This is spoiler. Huge. No, it's fine. They're walking around the, the fire, blah, 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 and he's like, look at you, Kenobi. You've become a rat in the desert. He's like, I almost don't want to kill you because this fate is more fitting for you, right? Just to rot away. Right, right. And then Obi-Wan doesn't say anything. He's like, no, you're not here for no reason. He's like, you're protecting something. And Obi-Wan doesn't talk again, right? Mm-hmm. And then he's like, you're protecting someone. And dude, I got such chills, okay? Yeah. So he's like, whatever, we're going to fight. And he goes at Kenobi, and it's like, Joan, Joan, dead. Kenobi kills him in like two moves. Mm. So Maul falls, and Kenobi's holding him, right, while he's dying. And he's just like, who are you protecting? And Obi-Wan doesn't say anything. And he's like, are you protecting the chosen one? And Obi-Wan says yes. So all the time... We thought Anakin was the chosen one. Right. But it's Luke. And then Maul, before he dies, says, the chosen one will avenge us. And then he dies. So clearly he does, because Luke is the one who turns Vader, who kills Palpatine, right? Um, and then at the end of the episode, um, Obi-Wan's actually on a dewback, and he's just on this hill. And then you see the twin sons, and it's like dusk, and you hear Aunt Beru yell, Luke. And then you see this little kid. It's just so awesome. That's man. rad, dude. Yeah. And I was just like, so again, to go back to what we were talking about, about the chosen one prophecy, it is in fact Luke Skywalker. And yeah, maybe Luke feels like, you know, you guys gave me all this crap about being the chosen one and I have to stop Vader. And maybe he finally sees the truth. I don't know, man. I can't wait till December. We got to figure out a way to break into Skywalker Ranch. <laughs> what was that movie called? Remember that movie when they break in to see the Phantom Menace or whatever? What was it called? Oh, come on. I don't even know if I've ever heard of this. Oh, yeah, you have. Fanboys. They break, they break into Skywalker Ranch. You've never seen Fanboys. Are you kidding me? No, dude. Never seen it. Never dude, even heard of it. It came out in like the mid-2000s. It's about four, four friends in 1998. They're huge Star Wars nerds. Huge. And one of them is diagnosed with cancer. And he only has like months to live. Oh, man. And his dream is he wants to see the new movie, which is The Phantom Menace. Um. So they actually go and it is a comedy, but it's got some serious stuff to it. And they break into Skywalker Ranch to to see the Phantom Menace, and and like Ray Park is one of the security guards, and the it's just hilarious, <laughs> man. So good, yeah. You got to check it out. Man. I'll look into it. But we should make fanboys too. Break in, see the Last Jedi. I don't even care if there's special effects in it yet. Just let me see the the talking parts. I'm good. We'll have to make it a little darker film though. If it's going to be the yeah. sequel. Yeah. <laughs> so yeah. let's talk about a little more about the trailer, dude. Like yeah. some of the stuff that like that I didn't catch at first. Like I said, I didn't see Ray with the saber training, which I thought was cool. Very cool. 
Uh, but we just watched it again. Right. And I, I, I'm on my computer monitor. I make it full screen. I have a few questions of things. I'm like, I don't know what that was like right after you see Kylo Ren's helmet, you see what looks like a cave being illuminated with light. And there's some like, I have no clue on that. I'm completely lost. Um, looks like a tree almost. Yeah. And then they zoom in and just as about it, just as you're about to see what the images are, they cut to the, to the, the book, right? Yeah. Yeah. So I was totally lost on that. Um, we get to see what, what really reminded me of pod racers. Yeah. Those ships with the red smoke. Yeah. But what I did not catch until this last time is they're heading towards AT ATs. I know. Isn't that wicked? I did not even catch that. The first three times I watched it, I was so focused on the ships. that I didn't look up and yeah. see that they were heading towards a wall of AT-ATs or whatever. They're, I don't know if they're going to be called that now, but, um, but yes, please. Yeah. Like, I love seeing those things, man. Like those are yeah. some of my, those, that vehicle in star Wars is one of my favorites to see. And so, but what were they flying in and why were they so low to the ground? And then and what pl- what planet was that? Yeah, it looked like, like like snow and sand mixed together almost. It was a, yeah. kind of a weird. And then we see Finn looking like he's in some kind of medical capsule, yeah. capsule which was a weird cut because it's like he's not in one of these ships, is he? Flying with his eyes closed? Like I don't that was a No, no, I think that's just a you know, just to tell the audience, yeah, he he's alive, but he's he's hurt. Yeah. He's still alive though. Kind of thing. Right. Um, see, yeah. BB-8, really interesting. Gotta love BB eight. Right. And, but then you see the f- hangar get blown up and it was like, Oh, here we go. Here we That's go. Pose black X wing too. That bought it. Oh, so pretty. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> um, and there's the shot of Kylo Ren is my favorite next to the shot of Luke, but he's pointing to whoever and he's just, he's twisting the lightsaber at them. It's so friggin' epic. I honestly hope he doesn't have a helmet in this one. Um, we saw the shot of it being crushed or stepped on or whatever it looks like, but I hope he just doesn't get a helmet, man. Honestly, I think he's, I, I know a lot of people disagree with what I'm about to say, but I think he's more menacing without it. I like to see the expression in his face. I like to see the, the vulnerable, the vulnerability in his face. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. Instead of being like Vader wore the helmet cause he had to, to live but Kylo wears it to be intimidating. And I think he's scarier without it. That's just me though. Well, do you think there was an aspect of him hiding who he was? I think he's trying to be Darth Vader. He wanted to be that ominous presence that when people see that figure of Vader, they lose their stuff, right? They're like, Oh, we're in trouble. I think he wanted that very much. Um, Oh, absolutely. I agree. I'm just wondering too, like, cause at the very beginning when, uh, I can't remember the old guy's name of episode seven, he's like, I know who you are. Right. Yeah. Laura Santeca. Yeah. yeah. And so I wonder if that had, if that was, and now he's like, you know what? They know who I am. It's time for yeah. them to see what I can, they can do, you know? Yeah. And he's got a badass scar now, mm-hmm. which looks so cool. Um, Maybe because Anakin had that scar. Maybe so he's like, hey, now I can take my helmet off too. I don't know. <laughs> right. He went it's back and watched cool. the prequels. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> um, so no, <clears throat> excuse me, no uh, Benicio Del Toro. He was not at Celebration and, and his character, whoever that is, not in the trailer, mm. 
interesting. No Snoke at all in the trailer. Right. Um, there was a there was a nice shot of Leia from the back. Uh, who else was it? Finn Ray was in it, of course. Luke, which is nice to see. But you don't really see Luke. You see him a little bit, but not really. They still hit him really well. Like that that character, what they've done with Luke Skywalker is so fantastic. They've just made him this legendary. Do you know what I mean? Like he already was before, but now it's just like he's such a mystery. There's not even action figures of Luke. Like the the old Luke. You know, there's a, like a pop figure. Do you know what I mean? But it's cool, man. Yeah, dude. Like oh man. It's uh, people are going to go nuts in the theater when he when he comes on the screen for the first time. What I what I was saying too as well um is that when Mark Hamill was talking in the trailer, it sounded like Luke Skywalker. Now bear with me. It didn't just sound like Mark Hamill talking. He says a line and I I I don't really remember exactly what it is. He's just like he's like breathe. He's like just breathe. And then he's like and what do you see? It sounds like Luke. Like that's what Luke would say. Do you know what I mean? It's so cool to hear that again. Yeah. And not just Mark Hamill talking, but right. that he actually went back and found that character and brought him to life again. I see what you're saying. Cuz he, he could have easily just done like the old man voice. Right. But no, he didn't. He's speaking like Luke would speak. It's very cool. Yeah. Yeah, I tell I, I'm excited about that. <laughs> yeah, dude, for sure. I mean, it's I didn't really I didn't really think about it, but yeah. I mean, so he, what do you see? What do you see? It's like so Luke, it's just awesome. Yeah, um what I don't yeah. want to hear is the Joker come through, right? <laughs> yeah. Yeah. <laughs> you know, that's I I I don't want to hear that. Like I want to see uh I want to see Luke. And and I think we're going to. I think Yeah. Yeah, I think Hamill's a he's he's a very good actor right it's just he Absolutely. just kind of got a bum rap in hollywood because of being luke skywalker he for, got typecast for, yeah. unfortunately the, the 90s was rough for mark yeah um but he, he's an absolutely fantastic actor he's a incredible as the joker and he's great as the trickster mm-hmm. like if you've seen flash it's freaking fantastic dude i um, remember that show sequest like when i found out he was going to be on an episode of that yeah. show like i couldn't miss it, it was like I will not miss this. You know, (laughs) as silly as it was, it was like, this has nothing to do with star Wars, but it was Mark Hamill, you know? Yeah. When he's on stage again, he's talking about, again, the last Jedi panel, he's going on about how he's in it, but you know, it's all about, it's really about Daisy now. Right. And then Kath, Kathleen uh, Kennedy, she interrupts him and she's like, okay, Mark, I just want to say to everybody out here, that Luke Skywalker is such an important part to this story that you guys really have no idea. Mm. And people just lost it. Cause you know, Mark's playing it down. Like I'm the old hat. This is the new hat. And she's just like, no, no, this is very much about Luke, you know, still. So that was cool to hear too. Which is like, that's exciting for me to hear. Like I like, I like Daisy Ridley, you know, Ray is cool and all, but like, yeah, I want to see Luke. Right. Like yeah. I, I don't, I don't, I don't have the nostalgia. I don't have the, like, I mean, w- we've talked about it. Luke, like he's like our child. I mean, that's our childhood right there. That's, yeah. that's what, that's what would fuel our imagination when we would go, like for when I would go into the woods and play, I was no, I was no one other than Luke Skywalker. 
That's yeah. who I was. Right. And so, you know, not, not, not anything, I'm not bashing Ray or anything like that, but the more that Luke is in this movie for me, the better. Yeah. And even going back to the force awakens, there's a lot of complaints that he was only in it for the last two minutes and he didn't say anything, but that was so damn perfect. It was so perfect. That moment is so epic, you know? So it's good to hear that he's still an important part of the story and they're not doing that old passing the torch off to the new generation crap. Cause I was worried about that when Han got the ax, you know, I was like, it served the story that Han got killed. I get it. But you know, the next one is Leia going to die. And then is Luke going to die? And I don't want that. If it serves the story, fine. But I think Luke is just way too important to just, you know, give all the Jedi secrets to Ray and then he dies. Yeah. Do you know what I mean? Like, I think it would, it would be too predictable. Honestly, it would be, it would be too much like the other movies. And, and again, even just watching a little bit of episode seven today, like, I feel like, and we've gone over this, you know, at extent, but like, basically a lot of people say, Oh, it's a lot like a new hope, but I almost feel like episode seven is a lot like the original trilogy all put into one movie. You know, to the fact that yeah. we see Ray in the woods and we had Endor, you know, just, just little, little things like that. We saw snow, which was a lot like, you know, that, that planet, yeah. it, it resembled Hoth and, and we saw Jakku, which was like Tatooine. Like, and I really hope that this one is, is its own movie. Not that, not that episode seven wasn't, but that it really is just, we won't be, we won't be looking for so many parallels. You, you know what I'm saying? I think, yes, I do. Absolutely. Um, I think JJ did a great job of transitioning the fans to the next trilogy. I think he did it well. I still don't think the movie is like a new hope. You know, they're, they're all Star Wars movies are all similar. All seven of them. Right. All, all eight of them with Rogue One. They're all, they're all similar. Right. And that's why we like them. You want more of the same, but different. Right. So I think he was like, okay eased us into it. And when we saw the force awakens, we were like, okay, it's going to be all right. Everything's going to be fine. You know, cause when George gave it away, everyone was like, Oh God, you know, what's going to happen? What's this first one going to be like? And most people love it that I know. Right. But yeah. Yeah. And, and, and that being said, I mean, I said, you know, I don't want it to just, I don't want it to be so many parallels. I still hope it's dark. Right. I still hope it's the darkest of the, of the three in this, in this trilogy, just, you know, just like the way episode two ended on like, wow, everybody just got maimed and you know, it's not, it's not looking so good. Empire, same thing. Luke loses his hand. Right. Like it, I, I, it, to me, it would be a little bit cheesy if it was something like that where Daisy loses a hand. You know what I mean? Like that would almost be a little bit too cheesy, but I hope, I hope it ends with like some despair to where it's like, Oh, we got to get, they got to get out of this somehow. Or what about a cliffhanger? Oof. Like, like empire Han is frozen and taken away. You don't know for three years. I mean, I was a kid, so I I don't even remember what that was like to to wonder, but it's just like, what about that? Like, what if something like, um, what if at the end, it's like Ray 
and Luke versus Kylo Ren and Snoke or whoever Benicio del Toro is, and what if Ray gets beat up and they actually capture Luke? Wouldn't that be cool? And Luke gets taken away by Kylo Ren, and then that's it. You don't know for another. Well, it's every two years now, but that yeah. would that would be cool too, man. I think that would be really cool. And then you can have it in real time instead of this one takes place right after the Force Awakens. You could have it in real time two years later. Well, what the hell has happened to Luke? He's been in captivity with Snoke for two years. What have they been doing to him? You know, yeah, idea. It's it's definitely interesting. I wonder I wonder what we're gonna see the battle sequences will be like with Luke. Is he even gonna have to pull a saber? Or is he going to be so, you know, just have so much power with the force that he just stops people in their tracks, basically? Like, I'm, I'm curious on what they're going to, uh, what well, I'm going just to do. Piecing together the trailer, but Star Wars is very uh, thematically. It's all about different elements. They've almost had every kind of element now in each episode where even rogue one we had a beach we never had a beach before now we have a beach there's a lot of fire in the last jedi you haven't had a fire scene yet Mm. and you see luke drop to his knees and whatever is on fire and then that shot with kylo ren there's fire behind him too Mm -hmm. so wouldn't it be cool if luke and ren fought and it was all fire around them like oh dude I mean, Mustafar doesn't count. That's lava. I guess it's fire, but you know what I mean? Like stuff burning around them kind of thing. That would be sick, I think. Yeah. They have to fight. Those two have to fight eventually. They have to. Right? There's going to be some epic dialogue about Han and and that kind of thing. And what if it's like a David and Goliath thing and Luke's Goliath, man? You know? Like, what What if, yeah. what if Kylo Ren ended up killing Luke? I mean... Uh, to me, it doesn't seem like when we see based on like their, their force powers and, and that kind of stuff, it doesn't even seem possible, but just because he couldn't beat him, uh, like one-on-one that may not be the way he ends up fighting. You know, it could, it could be that, that, that Snoke's involved or whatever. I just, like we said, I don't want to see Luke die in this movie. I, I really, really don't. But if it, if it does move the story like you said then it you know that is what it is but this is all speculation too of course and really the only one that we have to base it off of is yoda and how yoda was very skilled with the lightsaber and then as he became older he lost the lightsaber obviously on coruscant but i mean how he just you know he just had power he didn't need a weapon anymore yeah um so we're kind of just speculating that that that's what luke's going to become but we don't know he he could be you know trained and be like a samurai or something for all we know, right? So it'll be interesting to see. Yeah. I mean, and yeah, I there's my mind is just like it's so full of 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 ideas and speculation. Like it, I'm I'm hyped, dude. I'm hyped. I haven't I haven't been. Uh, I've had a little bit of a Star Wars lull, and so getting this uh, getting this is just kind of it's it's really cool. It's really cool. Um, what, do you, what are your thoughts uh, just before we <clears throat> excuse me, wrap up here? Uh, principal photography for the Han Solo movie started in February. Excited about that? <clears throat> yeah, you know, it's, it's, uh, it's one of those things that I, I kind of feel like I want to wait and see, almost kind of like Rogue One, you know? Like, 
I, I kind of want to see the trailer. I've seen some of the like screenshots of, of the cast together or whatever. Uh, isn't it, uh, um, Donald Glover, isn't that playing? Isn't he, who's playing, uh, He's Lando. He's playing Lando, and uh, I can't and remember. I can't the, remember who Han is. Yeah, I don't remember. But like, what? What an odd choice. I thought it was weird. <clears throat> like, you think about people that wouldn't be in Star Wars. One of the first people that comes to my mind is Forrest Whitaker, and yet there he was, and he did a fantastic job. And then there's that shot of the Han Solo film in the cockpit, and Woody Harrelson is there. I just like, really? Yeah. Woody from Cheers, like really. Like, <laughs> <laughs> but hey i'm not i'm gonna go in with an open mind but it's just like you know what i mean like actors that would that'd be like if john ritter was still with us today you know john ritter in star wars it'd be like what like yeah doesn't make much sense but right yeah right yeah i mean uh, i'm i'm just i'm 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 hopeful and excited and you know like she said that everybody seemed to embrace rogue one yeah. you know the 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 hard part is and i mean is this a film you want to see? Do you want to see young, young Han and young Lando? Here's I, I, I personally do not. I, I do not. I don't think it's a story that needs to be told. Uh, but I'm going to be first in line, absolutely, because I'm not going to close my mind to it. I'll, I'll say that. But I don't think you need a Han Solo story. What do you think? Do you agree? I'm, I'm kind of there, honestly. Like it's not. To me, the, the, the biggest, what I don't like seeing Star Wars move away from is, is the Jedi and lightsabers and that kind of stuff. Like I love that, that aspect of it. That was always my favorite part of it as a kid is, is those battles with, with the, with the Jedi and, and, and seeing lightsaber battles, that kind of stuff. That was, that's what I, that's what I loved about star Wars. I like the other stuff too, but that was the icing on the cake for me. And so now yeah. this stuff's not there. Does that mean they can't tell a good story? Absolutely not. Like they're going to do it. They're, they're going to do it justice. They, they, they know what the fans want, but for me, I would love to see something that took place like the Knights of the old Republic or, something like that where it was um f- way further back like a thousand years before the prequels stuff like that i would love yeah. to see some stuff like that where it's it's a new cast but we still have jedi we still you know we we still see things that uh that happen that yeah that lead up to the prequels. You know what I'm saying? Like that this happened and that's why this happened, you know? So that, that would be cool for me. And, and I hope they, I hope they get to that point. Um, what's hard is seeing, seeing somebody play Han Solo. That's not Harrison Ford. Seeing somebody play, uh, uh, Lando. That's not Billy D. You know, that's, that, that's what, that's what can get difficult. Even as a kid, I hated that. Like if they had a, they had a certain, like a movie or a TV show or something, and this was the cast. And then you, the next movie, it was different people. I was like, I'm out. It's not even the same thing. Like it used to drive me crazy. But we know, we know Han was into some shady stuff. You know, he's a gambler. He's a smuggler, blah, blah, blah. Um, I just don't think that we need detailed. We we don't have to witness it. We don't have to witness how him and Chewbacca meet. And you know, we will. Um, But again, I'm intrigued. And again, I think more, 
I I was I was gonna say I would almost rather see just like some no name character like Jack Smith or whatever. It just like a brand new character in a brand new story of Star Wars. Wouldn't that be cool? I'd be all for that. Just kind of like what they're doing with the Marvel Cinematic Universe, you know? Maybe scale it down like on a Daredevil level or mm. like a Jessica Jones level, like a TV show level. I'd be down with that too, man. Yeah. That would be cool. But uh Hey, the I, last last thing I want to I want to hit you with real quick. Yeah. And and this is kind of a question for anybody listening to maybe like tweet at us or when the Facebook post goes up, you can put a response to, but I mean, we're still plagued by who Daisy or who Ray is. Right. Yes. And Daisy Ridley has said, it's very obvious from the movie, right? Isn't that what she, that's like a quote of hers, I believe. Yeah. Something along those lines. Okay. A couple of things I noticed today, just watching the movie. She knows who Luke Skywalker is. Okay. Yes. So that's, that's peculiar. She knows who Han Solo is and the Millennium Falcon, but she doesn't know Han Solo as a general. She knows him as a smuggler. Yeah. So are those stories from what's his name? The, the plot or whatever his name is. The, I can't remember his full. The, Un- Uncar plot. Yeah. 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 What these, the, so where my brain was going is, this to me makes it sound like somebody that would have only maybe known of him at the, in the beginning of a new hope, or maybe still looked at him as a, even within empire as kind of just a, a, a scoundrel and a smuggler, but they wouldn't have really had. So, so who does that leave? That's what my, that's where my brain was going is like, who does that leave in those movies that would only view him in that light? that would know of Luke and only know Han as a smuggler and not as a, not as a general. So I, I don't know. I, I just found that interesting today that, that she didn't know him as a general, but only as a smuggler. And I always thought that Leia and Han in force awakens talk only about Ben. If they had another kid together, they would be concerned. Oh, we dropped her off in the desert like 20 years ago. Maybe we should go get her or whatever. But then it occurred to me, Han is a scoundrel. He is a smuggler. I'm sure he's been with many ladies, right? Doesn't necessarily have to be Leia that he had Ray with. But then I quickly, my mind turns against me. It's like, well, wait a second. I'm sorry. If you, if you dropped her off on Jakku and you met someone from Jakku, like you're going to know it's your daughter. Do you know what I mean? You're going to have that. You're just gonna know it is. Yeah. So I don't. I don't believe for a second she's related to Han. I never did. And the Luke thing, I don't. I don't think so. There's no way. <laughs> the guys in my Discord keep saying it's Luke and Phasma. It's that's the. <laughs> oh my god. <laughs> no. <laughs> the uh, the panel guys at Celebration were actually trolling the audience, which is great. So they would say, you know. On the lower third, right, it would say Mark Hamill, and then underneath Luke Skywalker, right? And so when Daisy came up, it said Daisy Ridley, and underneath it said Ray Kenobi. And then when Finn would come up, it would say John Boyega, Finn Windu. They're just messing with people, right? It was hilarious. <laughs> Ray Kenobi. 
Oh, I love it. I love it. I think whoever her parents turn out to be, us as an audience, is built it up way too much. I'm of the opinion that no matter what her parents are, it will never live up to our expectations. I think we're just going to be kind of like, oh, okay. I don't think it's going to be that reveal like when Vader revealed it to Luke. I don't think it's going to be like that. I don't know. Again, like you said, they don't want to copy. This will be technically the Empire Strikes Back of the new trilogy, right? What, are they going to have the same reveal to Rey? <sighs> yeah. I don't know. I don't know. I don't know. It's it's just really, I love that they've made it such a mystery, honestly. And like, it always comes back to whose Rey's parents are. Right. <laughs> no matter what we talk about, that's what it comes back to. It's the same thing. That's good writing, man. That's good writing. But uh, okay, let's wrap this up. It's like a three and a half hour episode. <laughs> We're hour, hour and 13 minutes right now. Um, Josh, where can we find you on social media? Guys, you're going to find me on Twitter at N64Josh. You're going to find me at thelootcave.com. All kinds of gaming content there. I'll probably even throw up a post about this episode so that uh, you know we can get a little more eyes on it. And uh, I also have a Destiny podcast called The Lootcast and a Nintendo podcast called The Nintendo Powercast. So uh, yeah, pretty, pretty, pretty awesome busy. Stuff. And check it out, guys. He's the game master, I'm telling you right now. And the stream master. Absolutely. (laughs) Um, I'm not much of a Twitter guy, but you can find me on Facebook, just Jay Bartlett. I always have the shiny Nintendo Quest poster, as I'm quite proud of the film that Rob and I created. Uh, NintendoQuest.com, of course, for that. Um, My Facebook Star Wars page is called A Galaxy Far, Far Away. Check it out. And of course, this is on Podbean, A Galaxy Far, Far Away. Um, so for myself and Josh Schmidt, see you later guys. Take care guys. And of course, may the force be with you.